When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon. Welcome into the run home on ECNZ. It is Thursday, the 9th of March. You're listening to Kirsten Beef. All thanks to McDelivery. Great to have you joining us today. We have a wonderful text topic for you to get involved in today. No goriness after yesterday's most horrific sporting <laughs> incident. So we're going to leave that in the past. We're going to leave that to yesterday. Uh, today we have a much bigger and better topic to get stuck into, which we'll tell you about very, very soon. Coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks. To make delivery, we catch up with Brennan Popperwell from the TAB, and we've got the voice of rugby league, Fox Sports, Matt Russell, joining us on the show to talk round two of the NRL starts tonight with a big one as well. After five o'clock, we're talking basketball. The Breakers and Sydney Kings go head to head tomorrow in Sydney for Game Three of the NBA playoffs. Liam Santa Maria from ESPN Australia and New Zealand joins us. We'll whip around the grounds, tell you what to watch this weekend, and do our Super Rugby tips in the pro. Plus, we've got a $150 TAB bonus bet voucher to give away when we play Drive to Survive. After six, we've got the one and only Glenn Jackson, former rugby referee, of course, but now assistant coach with the Fijian Drua, who hosts the Crusaders this weekend. And Rod Latham joining us on the show, former New Zealand all-rounder and, of course, father of uh, one of our greats, Tom Latham. We'll keep you posted with what is going on in the first day of the first test between New Zealand and Sri Lanka at Hagley Oval as well. Beaver will have to get it on the TV. That is the Macca's menu. All thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. How's your day been? Yeah, g'day, Kiss. Uh, it's, well, it's been uh, usual sort of Thursday, busy, and then uh, swimming. Uh, Jacko back in the pool with much excitement after uh, getting the cast off the day before, but uh, quite... I guess quite confronting as a parent. Uh, I was in the water with young Liam, and me and Liam's relationship's building. Um, but uh, today he was happy as Larry. Couldn't have been happier watching his sister swim. If he then got into his kit, he was happy about that too. But then the realisation uh, that I was in fact his swimming partner as opposed to his mother, who has had him the last couple of weeks, his dad's been away with work, um, really came home to roost for him. And from the moment we hit the water to the moment we exited the water, which is some 27 minutes, Ooh, uh, long time. screamed. <gasps> screamed and cried. You've and got no control over your children, Beef. 
No, there is an aspect of that. He's when we're doing is that the looks you were getting, yeah. And when we were ever trying to do anything close to the pool edge, he was trying to climb out of it and get to his mother. And uh, so it wasn't the water. No, it was you. It, oh no, no, it was me. It was me because uh, I actually got told before uh, we jumped in that how well he's been performing the last couple of weeks and and how much he loves it. So I can only help but think that maybe. You heard a couple of the comments when he was in his mother's tummy when I was sort of saying, do we need three? Um, <laughs> and he's, and he's, holds oh, a, he's the best one yet, though, isn't and he? And he holds a grudge, I think. Well, he's the biggest. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> and how's the other two uh, swimming progress coming along? Has Jacko jumped back in the pool after taking the cast off? He would have had several weeks on the sideline just watching. Yeah, there's some real excitement from the young fella today. Mm. Uh, Amber, his, his teacher, had to be of a brunt of it because he was wanting to get in there right from the word go. But uh, <laughs> he, he was very good today. Uh, Olivia, first time I've been able to watch Liv because usually the, uh, the lessons clash and she's, she's really putting the kicking and the, and the freestyling arms over actually together. Uh, the first of which I've ever seen a Donald child or, or adult, to be fair. Um, very, very impressive. And that, Why were you not good swimmers? Did know. you never do the lessons or did you not like the water? We did, we did lessons. So we, you just didn't enjoy it? I don't know. We, we, Can your brother swim? No. So no. it's both of you. Yeah, both of us very poor swimmers. Um, we did all the we did all the swimming lessons in there. My claim to fame, which um, I still hold on to, uh, amongst my swimming friends that we grew up with, uh, I made group day for the Waikiki Primary Schools, which means out of our own primary school, we we were good in the top three for backstroke. So I got out of there for one event, and that was my entire primary school. So for years, I didn't get out of group day. But one once you once did. I did for backstroke. So was, was that your preferred stroke? Yes, it must have been. Yes, it was the so you didn't like your face underwater? Oh, I, I did, but I, apparently it wasn't pretty when I was, <laughs> what was going on above water. The arms were just uh, a bit of a washing machine going nowhere. So, And I never had the coordination for butterfly. Oh, never had that. And breaststroke, always broke the water on breaststroke. <laughs> Couldn't quite get the frog kick going either. So, yeah. Uh, I'd love to have seen it. I'd love to have seen it. Uh, text topic today. Do you want to know? Yes, please. Okay. Well, yesterday was absolutely gangbuster, and we appreciate each and every one of you for sending through messages because it was just great. For three hours, uh, you held the text line down, and you held our show together. It wouldn't have been anything without you. It is never anything without you. Uh, so today, you know those conspiracy theories? People always talk about conspiracy theories in sport. Here's a couple for you. The Warriors are ripped off in the NRL. All the refereeing decisions go against them. Our players get suspended uh, and while the Australian teams don't or we get harsher suspensions, the Warriors are ripped off in the NRL. And what about that one from the 1995 World Cup, the food poisoning? It wasn't an accident. Have you heard that one before? Conspiracy theories in sport. What's the most outrageous conspiracy theory you have ever heard in sport? Double eight, double three on the Team Print B post text line or better yet, give us a call. Talk to us about it. Give us your conspiracy theory and we'll chat about it on 0800 150 811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. I've got one for you. Yes. And I was, and I was there. And after the event, it started to, it started to, I guess, start to, pop up into my head and mate, I actually haven't heard too many other people talk about it but I certainly have started it uh, 215 Cricket World Cup final mm. in Melbourne uh, Elliot and Taylor you went to semis and finals yeah yeah Real tour you were going on, yeah. shall we say? Yeah, I'd fair to say I, I drunkenly booked some flights and then what, after Grand Elliot six. No pre, <laughs> I took the gamble uh, and then later that night in the uh, stand where I was sitting, I was able to 
get alongside some people that were able to get tickets. So I uh, said, geez, I wouldn't mind going. So, sorry, you distract me. Uh, but 2.15 Cricket World Cup final. So Elliot and Taylor going along quite nicely, which a lot of people forget because we obviously got thumped in the final. But it all started to go a little bit array around that 35 over mark. Their f- fast bowlers were almost unplayable. Mm. What happens a few years later? Mm. The great, the great bust up of Sandpaper Gate. Oh, cheating. There was sandpaper involved in that Cricket World Cup final. 2015. Yep. No one's ever talked about it. Have to be. Have you to were there. Be. Yep. These guys went from getting Elliot and Taylor. They real built the innings, and then all of a sudden, bang, and then the entire team got rolled. Who was it? Uh, would have been, oh, as far as had the sandpaper? Yes. Oh, I, I, well, I mean, we, are we talking about the same characters? They were there. They're coming into question again. They were there. Oh. Mm. I mean, it's just it's just a theory. It's a conspiracy. That's what we're theory. talking. Yeah. We are talking conspiracy theories in sport. There but they is, were playing. They were playing. Uh, makes you think, doesn't it? It makes you think. Our very own producer, Jacob, he's got a conspiracy theory. He's going to chuck his headphones on now because he's not listening to our show. Uh, Jacob, what <laughs> is surprise, um, surprise. What is your great conspiracy theory? Uh, you've kind of put me on the spot here, but um, my conspiracy <laughs> you theory... You told us it before the show. No, well, I thought it was just a general conspiracy theory, not my specific one. Um, my, my conspiracy theory was uh, Scott Barrett signed with NZR, uh, the Crusaders in Taranaki, until 2025. Because he knows that Razor is the next All Blacks coach, and he'll be the captain of the side. Oh, that is juicy, Jacob. Especially the captain. Yeah, Yeah. I know. He'll be the the captain captain of the Crusaders, isn't he? So Mm, joining the dots is young Mm. Jacob. This is about as professional work I've ever seen him do. That's fantastic from you, Jacob. Just putting two and two together, Bez. Are these believable? What do you think? Double eight, double three on the Temper and Bed Post text line or 0800 150 811. You can question our conspiracy theories. You can come up with your own. What is the most outrageous conspiracy theory you have heard going around? Mitchell says no sandpaper. We just lost. Can you buy it, Beef? Can you buy it? Is that Mitchell Johnson? <laughs> that, Stark, that, be, that ball was hooping Wasn't that it? day, especially, especially that first over that Baz faced. What do you think Baz thinks about your conspiracy? I actually haven't put it to Baz. What if they? Brendan, biggest sporting conspiracy, as the Warriors saying, <laughs> it's our year. <laughs> we say it every year, though, don't we, Brendan? We do say it every year. At the moment, one from one. There's not many teams better than them. 100%. Top eight. They're actually, they are. They are in the top eight. What do you reckon, if you've got a sporting conspiracy, most outrageous thing you've ever heard, let us know on double eight, double three. A couple of headlines for you. Uh, Tiger Woods, first and foremost, making headlines today, B. Did you see the story? No. His former girlfriend, who he's split with, Erica Herman, is taking him to court. She says he made, him, he made her sign an NDA a non-disclosure agreement. So that's the documents that Beaver may have made people sign in the past where you can't talk. (laughs) Uh, And now she's trying to get it overturned. Why would she want to get the NDA overturned? What has she got on him? Is she the most recent one? She's the most recent. The one that used to be work for the PGA? Is it that one? Look, I don't know her background details. I can look it up for you. But why would she want to get the NDA overturned? She wants to sell a story. Yes, she she wants wants to to make money. Which is exactly why Tiger would make people sign NDAs so that you can't take his money, right? Absolutely. I always, as a golfing fan of Tiger, I always like it when he's got trouble off the, off the field. 
Why? Plays well. Oh, Jeez, he plays well. Great mental I'd, strength I'd, about him. I'd get on him. I'd get on him. If he's back playing, he's back playing, isn't he? Yeah. I'd get on him. If he's got if he's got woman troubles, it usually mm. means good stuff. Mm. Uh, on Scott Barrett, he's signed with the Crusaders and the All Blacks and Taranaki through to 2025. But another All Black, Rico Ioane, has a decision to make. It came out a few weeks ago in the papers. It was a report in Australia that he had signed for the Rico Black Rams in Japan after the World Cup. He's only contracted to New Zealand Rugby uh, until the end of the World Cup. Uh, And he now has to decide, take the overseas money. He's 25. He's been around for, what, 56-odd tests, take the money overseas and look after himself and his family or stay in New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, he'd be getting offered silly money in Japan. Oh, three times what his All Blacks contract would be. That's what the reports are saying. Uh, In my eyes, he'd be getting paid more than that by the All Blacks. But, yeah, he... Are they talking sabbatical? Are they talking a year or two or that sort of thing because he's someone that I don't think would be affected too much if he goes up there for a year mm. and just cashes in and then comes back. But, I mean, hey, you forget he's 25 and when you say he's played 50-odd test matches, you know, that's it's quite a phenomenal number to play for a guy that's, uh, you know, obviously bounced between wing and centre and uh, it's always been a topical a topic of conversation, hasn't he, the form of Rico, but, uh, yeah, it'd be a shame for him to go now. Because I feel as a oh, as a rug player, he is just starting to touch the touch the surface about how good he could be right now. My question: If these players, the Richie Moangas, the Rico Ioannis, are getting paid double or if not triple what they're getting paid in New Zealand, yep. where is the Silver Lake money, the hundreds of millions of dollars, and why can they not top these top All Black salaries up to somewhat match what these guys are getting to keep them in New Zealand? Is it not worth it? Well, we got told that's why we we sold our soul and turned the All Black. We sold our into, soul. Where's the money gone? <laughs> turned the All Black jersey into Has a anyone seen it? Um, there's even an old boys fund. Is there? Remember, there's that. That's right. What's it called? Legacy fund. Yeah, I'll give. There's the legacy fund. Have you seen a dollar? I'll give my share to Rico. Keep him there in the go. country. Um, no, it'd be it'd be ridiculous if we start losing these players. So why can't they top the salaries up? Yeah, and because Am I missing something. I'm, in my head, I'm picking what Rico's on here, and I'm picking what he's getting offered in Japan. And yeah, it might be double, but it's still the lure of playing for the All Blacks, I'd have thought. Um, so, unless it's only a one year thing, and I could understand why I just went and get the bit of a money grab and get back here. But for him to walk away from New Zealand right now, where he's about to, I think, he's only just starting to get to the peak of his powers. Mm. I know. We often talk about wingers fading out when they get to 26, 27, but he's the centre as well. I, I'd, I'd be astounded if New Zealand rugby lets him go. Mm. I've got more conspiracy theories coming in. Oh, go on. Oh, these are good. These are starting to get good. Here is uh, Giggs' conspiracy theory. Adi Savia really did want to kill that yappy Brumbies halfback. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. I don't think he'd have needed a weapon either. <laughs> His bare hands, do you think? Brad. Yes. His conspiracy theory. I definitely do not believe the kick missed. Mm. Brad, you're not alone on that one. There's been plenty of people suggest that over the years. Um, yeah, Joubert, the great South African referee, um, potentially on the payroll for New Zealand Rugby Union at the time, they reckon. Uh, Chris, Warriors isn't a conspiracy theory. It's pure fact. We all know it. <laughs> Brilliant, Chris. Yes, it is the Warriors. We ripped yeah. off. 
They are ripped off by all sorts of judiciary referees. Yep. Um, how else do you explain the last 25 years? Exactly. Exactly. Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three on the temper and bed post text line. Temper and bed post range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Or call us with your conspiracy theory. Talk us through it so we properly get an understanding of it. 0800 150811. We're talking about the most outrageous conspiracy theories in sport that you've heard. This is the run home, all thanks to Mick Delivery with Kirsten Beeve. Uh, I've obviously fueled the fire, saying the All Blacks boys should get topped up. Someone says, no way, absolutely not. The All Blacks boys should not be getting topped up with that private investment money. We have clubs barely surviving, and we want to pay our top players more than the grassroots survival. Come on. Is there not enough to go around? Well, I thought we were led to believe that when they signed that deal... That Everyone's they, getting money, aren't they? Every club... Every club was getting, every provincial club was getting a slice of their provinces a million bucks. Honestly, where has this money gone? <laughs> has anyone seen the money? It's probably been on these reviews. You know how they had about uh, five reviews after every All Blacks test match last year? Must have been on those. New Zealand, $200 million. Mm. $200 million. I'd give, a little, I'd give a little bit of that to Rico to keep me. Mm. Back to the conspiracy theories in sport. Uh, my theory on Rico is he knows Razor's got the job and no, it's the wing or bench, so he's off. He's no centre. We've all seen that. Well, is that Beaver's number? I've said... Oh, You've I've, long said. No, I've long said he was coming of age. Oh, no, he, he will be in the top 15 this year, but last year I was happy with him at centre. Yeah, but now you're not. Well, now that there's a few other options. Mm. Is that a conspiracy theory or just biased? What's that? Biased. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. He just prefers ALB to Rico at centre, I reckon. Oh, you don't need to use names here, Jacob. Um, yeah, but him and Jordy would make a great all-black midfield at the World Cup this year and Rico on the left wing. Uh, Bill Jordan on the right. And uh, who's at fullback this year? Interesting. Interesting proposition, that cursed. Well, the fullback could be one of many, couldn't it? One Jordy, or two. Damien. No, no, Geordie be at 12. Geordie's locking Jordy, now for 12. Damien, Bowden. Bowden or Damien. Will Jordan? No, well, Will Jordan's going on the right wing for me. Mm. Mm, interesting. Conspiracy theories. <laughs> uh, a belief that some secret but influential organisation is responsible for an event or a phenomenon. Well, here's, here's one for you, and I just don't have this written down, but um, there was some shenanigans going on when you were picking those balls out at the FIFA World Cup draw to make sure that the home nation gets out of pool play. Any, any thoughts to that? We've got a good draw, don't we? Yeah, we've got a very good draw. We've got a very, very good draw. Yeah, I'm just... Pool a <laughs> at the World Cup. Look, I, I cannot uh, deny or accept. Can, uh, <laughs> can, what about confirm? Can you confirm? I can't either. I can't do either. Ted says, Super Rugby Opeki and the NRLW are aligning their comps so players can transfer between them. Niall Guthrie is a test case. Interesting, Ted. Niall Guthrie, overnight if you missed the news, it's been reported that she has signed on with the Gold Coast Titans in the NRLW. This will be her last year with the New Zealand Sevens. She's been very open about that. Um but she came out in the last couple of hours and said her focus is purely on this season and she denied all the rumours that are out there. Oh, there you go. Controversy. Mm, that's not conspiracy. Well, maybe it's it is. It's controversy. Yeah. 
It's, but that's um, an interesting thought, Ted. If the Opeki seasons are first, NRLW next, can these players go from one competition to the next? Seasons Why not? are short enough, aren't Very they? short. You're only playing, what, 10 games all up? Just an opportunity to, uh, I guess, you know, not massive money and amongst either But of pick them. up two different contracts. Absolutely. Oh, no. I always get, I always get nervous when I had a good friend. Ah. Uh, you got something for me? No, you read it. Hang on. Is this a con- I don't think we should name names here. Be careful with how you read this text. Kirsty from a good friend and reliable source. It's not me. Someone provided the script to the Yappy Rebels halfback to wind up Artie. Then he had the gall gall uh, to pass himself off as a first time caller <laughs> to our Rick Dog. There you go. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we might have to get the Rick Dog to tell us what exactly what more the uh, the script was. What what was the script? Give us your conspiracy theories on that. What was the script that that Melbourne Rebels halfback Ryan Lawrence used to wind up Ari Savier double eight double three on the temper and bed post text line? Uh, if we go over some other news, the Super Rugby ins and out. Uh, Crusaders arresting a whole bunch of players. Joe Moody, Cody Taylor, Richie Moonga, Lester Fanganuku, Jack Goodhue, out injured, as well as Brody McAllister, George Bell. Huge amount of players rested. They obviously see the Fijian Drua as absolutely no threat. It's a dangerous game. They are, they are suggesting that, and I, was, I, was, I think, who's at 10 then for the um, Crusaders? Is it, because it must be Fergus Burke, is it? Yeah, it'll be Fergus. That's why he had a run at 15 last week, isn't it? No, Fergus Burke's playing 15. No, it's last week's team. Oh, that's last week's team. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be Fergus Burke. Um, Peter Larkai at number eight, replacing Artie Savia. Yeah. That's what we've wanted to see. Now he gets us off. We said he was going to get opportunities. We just didn't realise it was this early. And do you want to hear something else? Yes. This week that Artie Savia has off is not one of his All Blacks Why not? Weeks. Why not? It's not one of his All Blacks rest weeks. He's still involved in the team camp this week. They have to have a full five days off. Oh. This is not one of his All Blacks rest weeks, even though we don't see him play. That is a double kick in the guts to the Canes. Mm. I reckon they'll turn That's not that, a conspiracy. I'll ter- I reckon they'll turn that into a, a rest week. Tell them don't come in until Monday. Ah. Uh. Yeah, could four be. Days. You could be right. You could be right. Uh, Brett Cameron uh, is starting at 10 over Aidan Morgan. Yeah, interesting one. And Dane Coles captains that team. There you go. For the Blues, big out. Mark Talia, out injured. Hopefully that's nothing too serious. No, so surely an injury week counts as All Blacks rest week. Ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> we need to know the ins and outs, The what are the rules around these and All who, Blacks rest who they weeks. Are. And who they Is it 70 players? Because, I mean... Now we know it's Billy Harmon. Yes, who and, else? And poor Billy Harmon's now the centre of this conversation, and he's probably thinking, "Am I, I an all-black?" I, I don't. I don't want to be. A, I don't want to be rested. No. After week two, conspiracy theories. If you've got one, let us know. If you've heard of one in sport, something outrageous, something great, let us know. Double eight, double three. Beaver reckons those Aussies were cheating all the way back in the 2015 Cricket World Cup final. I reckon uh, that food poisoning in South Africa was no accident. What do you think? Let us know. We'll read the text right after this.
Okay, so a few different answers on the text line here. One is about Silver Lake. Pakuranga Rugby Club got $40,000 from the Silver Lake deal via the New Zealand Rugby Union, as did all other Auckland clubs. That one's from John. Thank you very much, John. Good to know yeah. that money has actually been spent and money has gone out. And what sort of difference has that made for Pakuranga? Let us know, John. Uh, the sandpaper was just in South Africa, boys. My immediate reverse swing in the 2015 final was lucky wind shears. That's from Mitchell. <laughs> that from Mitchell, New Zealand number. Brilliant from Mitchell. Yeah, well, Mitchell does a lot of touring in his yeah. career. So he'd have a lot Different of numbers. Different SIM cards. Yes, absolutely. Conspiracy. Kirsty actually hit it 280. Yards. Yards? That'd be about right too, wouldn't it? Sounds right, Brad. Sounds right. Uh, Grant in Melbourne. If Rico wants to go, let him. Or ALB, uh, David Harvilli, Geordie Barrett are still there as the black jersey means more to them than the Japanese yen. I think everyone's in different situations though, aren't they? Every player has different things to weigh up. Yeah. I mean, the, f- the funny thing is, and yeah, the, the Japanese money is significant, but it's, they are getting paid here. They're not, they're not on the bones. Mm. So, yeah, I'd like to think he stays. Mm. Well, let's catch up with the TAB uh, with uh, Brendan Popperwell. Here he is, Hello. Brendan Popperwell from the TAB. Great to have you joining us today. Uh, what have we got to look at? There's a lot of sport, isn't there, between the cricket, which we're currently in a rain break. We've got the breakers tomorrow, Super Rugby and the NRL and the netball. And the golf. I mean, it just keeps going, Kirst, doesn't it? Um, there's, there's so much to talk about. So um, let, let's rip into it. We'll, we'll talk about, first of all, the NRL tonight because it's such a massive game. Huge game. Uh, between the Panthers uh, and the, the Rabbitohs. Look, Panthers are 157. I can tell you that they are uh, well supported in our head-to-head market. 54% of our head-to-head money is around the Panthers at $1.57. We've taken a couple of thousand-dollar bets. And the head-to-head market, we've also seen some money for them to win this match by more than five points. Uh, in our points start two-way market at, at minus four and a half at a dollar ninety, biggest bet there of three thousand nine hundred. Uh, so there's there's a lot of different plays been taken throughout the Panthers game, and the other one that's uh, taken some support is our power play markets. Penrith to win both halves, currently sitting at a price of three dollars. What happens here in this one? Geez, I. I'd love to say Penrith, but there's a few cracks that uh, Latrell's pointed out during the week too, BP. But uh, I think the Rabbitohs, they're primed. So 235, I'd imagine you're going to get some attention around that. Yeah, and look, there has been a little bit of attention around that price. And the other price that has been taken is the 1-12 to South Sydney Rabbitohs. Look, there, there is a thought process. This is going to be a pretty tight game no matter which way it goes. Uh, so the $3.40 has been looked at there in the... Uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, and the other games through the NRL, uh, Warriors uh, still the, the best back team for the weekend out of all NRL matches uh, and, and still the 13 and over uh, is well found uh, as, as the price that everybody wants to climb into uh, against the Roosters. And then the other teams that have been supported, seen money for the Broncos in what is going to be a stellar game against the North Queensland Cowboys on Friday night, 180 Brisbane, 197 for the Cowboys. Uh, Dolphins, good, 228 for the Dolphins. They go to a, a sellout in Redcliffe against the Canberra Raiders at $1.60. We've seen good money for the Dolphins to go back-to-back. And the Melbourne Storm, I think you identified this one, Beaver, uh, on Tuesday. They're 139. They might be uh, a couple of troops down, but the Bulldogs, they only look fair against their loss against the, the Manly Sea Eagles. So 
uh, strong support through multis at the dollar thirty nine for the Melbourne Storm. Now, BP, I want to take you to a bit of live sport. Well, it's not live at the moment because there's a bit of rain around, but. Sri Lanka come out the gates pretty early, pretty well two oh nine for three and they have a three dollar sixty outsider compared to a black caps at a dollar eighty five. Yeah, look, it's been. Uh, I will say this after lunch and sort of leading up to that se- that second half of the first session, we took really good money on Sri Lanka. Uh, look, they were a side that were sort of around that five six dollar price. They've set themselves up uh, with where they sit at the moment at two oh nine for three. Uh, and the draw. Look, the draw is also taking money because of the weather that's circling uh, in Christchurch. So we've seen very good money around that particular price of 360, and it's even well, touched 440 and those sort of lines. So uh, draw and Sri Lanka uh, have been uh, the, the best two, the best backed options in that head-to-head market. Uh, when we do get a chance to bat, uh, we've seen money for Tom Latham uh, to be top run scorer at his home ground at $4.50. And just looking forward to a weekend of uh, of rugby, is there uh, is there much interest in this Hurricanes Blues game? Obviously, it's the for us Kiwis, it's the match of the round. Uh, and yeah. even without Artie, is there is there enough love of those five or ten dollar bets coming in on the Hurricanes? Yeah, look, they've pushed out to two fifty now, so there's a chance there uh, if if you want to back them that you're going to get a decent price. And and the, the smaller punt has been been backing the Hurricanes. At the moment, it is with the Blues, so they're well supported in the marketplace at a dollar fifty-seven. Um, the Chiefs, the, the, the Chiefs are at to a dollar eleven. Highlanders, we have seen a, just a, a little bit of money for them at the bigger price. They were around that seven-dollar mark. Uh, were the Highlanders our biggest bet out of all uh, teams throughout the week has been around the Brumbies. We've taken two thousand dollars on the Brumbies yep. at a dollar fifty. They're now to a dollar forty-five uh, against the Reds. Uh, who are two dollars and eighty cents? So that's where things sit at the moment. But you know, not a lot of movement. Uh, normally, a lot of rugby movement will happen tomorrow. Uh, so when we touch on that tomorrow, we'll, we'll certainly talk about it, probably a, a few more movers and shakers, and, and probably around what happens with the, well, as you heard for the Crusaders, a number of different changes there. So you know, point start and all those sorts of lines will change there. Uh, and just quickly on the golf too, because we better touch on this because it does start uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, three well-backed play, uh, golfers. We've had a thousand on Scotty Scheffler at eleven dollars to win the players. Uh, both he, Rory McIlroy, uh, bit of money for Jason Day. Jason Day has been in hot form over the last few weeks, making a lot of top tens. We've seen some spiky money around Jason Day at a price of around was it twenty-six dollars? I think it was for him uh, to take out the players' championship. So there's been a bit of money uh, circling around Jason Day also. But uh, yeah, number of Three balls that you can play into and a number of different options there. But yeah, Scotty Schlepper and Rory McIlroy and John Rahm are the three that are taking money so far in that market. We're taking $200 on Ryan Fox uh, to win at $126. Very good. Thank you so much, BP. Have a great day. Awesome. Thanks, team. Brenna Popperwell there from the TAB. Bet live in your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Do gamble responsibly. It is R18. Just on the golf, we update on Tiger Woods and the situation. You wanted to know why she's taking him to court? Erica Herman, that is. Well, she has claimed uh, that she was tricked into packing a suitcase for a holiday, only to be told she was locked out of the house and could not go home. And apparently uh, some of Tiger Woods' uh, agents who run his trust misappropriated 65000 New Zealand dollars from her. Now she's taking him to the cleaners for $49 million. Thoughts? Conspiracy theories on that? <sighs> oh, it's another world, isn't it? 
Full on mill. Cheapest. Great to have you with us today. We're going to jump straight into some rugby league round two. And joining us for the first time in 2023 is the great man from Fox League, Matt Russell. Matt, great to have you back on the show. Thank you for your time. As Latrell Mitchell said, there's cracks in the windscreen. What do you reckon? Do you buy it? Are the Panthers vulnerable before tonight's massive match? I'm not so sure about that. That might have been a bit of... uh mind games and uh, <laughs> posturing by Latrell because let's face it Penrith won the premiership last year by a margin didn't they they were clearly the dominant team for a long time ultimately the grand final scoreline was convincing they won multiple grades with such a powerful performance by the club many of them played in the World Cup and returned to pre-season late so yes I know they've lost the World Club Challenge I know they went down in round one against Brisbane. But boy, I think they can bounce back tonight at home and take down South Sydney. And maybe it will be Latrell's windscreen for the big back on it after they, they meet this weekend. Mate, talking about that one tonight, obviously massive. The, the young halfback who obviously took over from Reynolds at the Rabbits, uh, Elias, turning a few heads after his uh, round one performance. Absolutely. Um, you know, that was a big question mark, wasn't it? How can you let... Uh, Adam Reynolds go, a premiership-winning halfback who grew up over the road from um, Redfern Oval. But so good were they, um, South Sydney, in round one that you know plenty of people are quickly forgetting about that at the moment. You're speaking about Lachlan Ilias, who was outstanding in week one, still a young player, but there alongside Cody Walker, who will make sure he guides him in the right direction. Yeah, Lachlan Ilias, uh, you watch him go, that was a really confidence-boosting performance for him in, in round one. Now, you mentioned, obviously, the Panthers lost to the Broncos first up. The Broncos, where do you see them at? Is this potentially a a bit of a title tilt year for them? I don't know whether I'd go that far, given that I'm still uh, going back to last season and remembering the drastic fade-out fairly quickly. And this is a real test this weekend against North Queensland because the Cowboys were fairly clinical in round one. Uh, Plenty of experts rate their forward pack as the best pack in the league, and it's Broncos, North Queensland at Suncorp Stadium. Look, if Brisbane can beat North Queensland, maybe then I'll entertain them as being, you know, a top four team or, or maybe yeah, doing something over a long and arduous season. But right now, I think their first aim has to be just to crack the top eight, the Broncos. I was going to say, now Broncos back to something of their best against North Queensland. Can we put some money on a golden point game like they were those few years ago where it was just every time? Haven't, <laughs> haven't they played some brilliant games? And you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if it goes to golden point again because there were good signs from Brisbane early. Reese Walsh, who spent some time at the Warriors, yeah. obviously, and has returned to Brisbane. He's back from that facial fracture in the fullback role. And Adam Reynolds, you can be guaranteed he'll control play beautifully. Uh, and then the likes of Patrick Carrigan, who's a workaholic up front, Payne Haas there as well. But, but can they go 80 minutes with the North Queensland pack and this exciting back line where Scott Drinkwater was fantastic last week. I'm not so sure. I'm backing North Queensland to win in regulation. There you go, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Now, Matt, can you put us out of our misery uh, for everyone over here in New Zealand and a lot of people in Queensland as well? Uh, have you seen major signs of improvement from the Warriors and have we got a chance against those Roosters? Have you got a chance against the Roosters? You have because you've got a chance against uh, uh, well I like it. How good was he <laughs> in week one? Uh, you know what? I was watching him and I couldn't help but thinking of Roger Tuivasa, yes. yes. who 
year after year pulled off try saving tackles that left us all aghast. Well, there was a brilliant one from Nickel Klukstar mm. last week, and I know that he didn't play as much first grade as he would like at Canberra because they were putting the emphasis on Xavier Savage. But he's a, a darn good footballer, Chance Nickel Klukstar, good fella as well. And, and I just enjoyed watching his performance last week. You know, the Warriors haven't won in Australia since round eight last year. So it's a 12-game losing streak. Uh, and it's a big assignment at Allianz Stadium against the Roosters who went down against the Dolphins. But maybe, maybe the Warriors get the Roosters at a good time because mm. they're without nearly 800 games of first-grade experience in Crichton, Lodge, Momorowski, Tonomapia, uh, Jared Uriah Hargreaves, Connor Watson. So, you know, they're a bit banged up, the Roosters, and they must be a little bit, I don't know, what's the word for it, questioning their performance in round one. Now, that can go two ways. They could bounce out of the blocks and put on a blitz against the Warriors this week. But I think the Warriors, after uh, handling Newcastle and building a bit of confidence, I think that they should go there thinking that they're right in this game and hopefully snap that runabout in Australia. And obviously outside the uh, the Warriors' wonderful performance in round one for us, the Dolphins grabbed yes. all the headlines and, and the Wayne Bennett magic strikes again. And the ratings suggested that everyone in Australia had made the Dolphins their second favourite team because <laughs> there was a huge audience watching the arrival of the 17th team. I've got a question for you guys. Does any other coach uh, in Australian Rugby League or New Zealand Rugby League get the Dolphins up in Game 1 if it's not Wayne Bennett? Could any other man have produced what the Dolphins did last week against the Roosters? They were dismissed out of hand by most critics. The bookies didn't want anything to do with the Dolphins, yet here they are. Felice Corfusi winding back the clock magnificently. They played across the field with passion and conviction and, and they just dominated the Roosters physically and looked like they believed they were always going to win. You know why they believed they were always going to win? Because they had the whisperer in their ear. Wayne Bennett, he's been doing it for 30 years mm. and he got it done again. The absolute master coach, hasn't he? Matt, thank you so much for joining us. We always love talking to you and we can't wait for the weekend's action. Kirsty Beaver, quick one for you. If the Warriors do beat the Roosters, Andrew Webster yes. can become the first Warriors coach to win his first two games. And there have been 14 oh, men go wow. before what him. What a stat. So there's one for <laughs> Andrew Webster. Can he become the first Warriors coach to win his first two NRL games? What an item if he did. Uh, we're all in on Webby over Public here. Public holiday. We've got big fans of him here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great Get step. carried away. <laughs> we are. We're already carried away, Matt. Thank you so much for your time. We love it. Bye. Matt Russell Bye. joining us Thanks, there mate. from Fox League, coming with all the facts and stats. I, and I can't help but say conspiracy theory about the Roosters. Someone's just texted in after hearing all those names. A conspiracy theory. Uh, not or have been under the salary cap for a long time. <laughs> Continues in 2023, doesn't it? is how Beaver sees it. Well, yes, one of the great perks of being on the run home is me and you, Kirsty, to do the odd odd corporate lunch, as they say. Well, with our great sponsor today, Kennard's High, we were down the Auckland Viaduct again, having one of these corporate lunches. And, well, our great friend from there, Tom, he made the comment that you said you would never go back to do a run home after sitting here. Well... They call it stupidity when you make the same mistake twice. Should we be here? Well, questionable. Surely we don't do it three times in a row. S-E-N-Z. Where was the invite? It's not my place to invite people.
This is The Run Home on SCNZ. We've been talking conspiracy theories in sport uh, and one had been sent through about the Sydney Roosters from Brendan, a conspiracy that they are not or have never been under the salary cap for a very, very, very long time. Have you got a conspiracy theory? Something outrageous that you've heard that you question whether or not it was true? Uh, a couple of texts coming in, Beef. Let Rico Ioani go. Seven seasons in the All Blacks and still only 25. Go for two years, make some cash, avoid Groundhog Day and learn a different style of play to come back at 28 an even better player that's from Stefan Stefan very good point however my experience and knowledge of the Japan game I don't think it would be like he's going to England or France learning a different style and learning different craft I uh, Rico would go up there and absolutely tear strips off it there would it be boring oh scoring he'd score seven tries a game honestly he would absolutely have a laugh. Someone that big, that fast up there, he would destroy it. And he probably wouldn't get put under much pressure defensively. So uh, as far as learning, Stefan, I don't know if he'll get much out of his time in Japan because he'll kill it. He'll be the king of Japan. There's no doubt about oh, that. Oh, they'd absolutely love him over there yeah, too. absolutely. They would love him over there. Um, more messages still to come. We'll get back to the text line in a moment. But first, coming up on the Maccas menu, thanks to McDelivery, we've got ESPN's Liam Santamaria coming on very shortly. Around the grounds, we'll let you know what to watch this coming weekend and do our Super Rugby tips as well. At half past, we've got a $150 TAB bonus bet voucher to give away when we play Drive to Survive, your last chance to win some money before the weekend. After six, we've got Glenn Jackson on the line. He is the current assistant coach of the the Fijian Drua hosting the Crusaders in Super Rugby Pacific this weekend. Former referee, of course. If you've got any questions for him, send them our way and we'll do our best to ask him. And we've got Rod Latham as well to give us an update on the cricket. Former New Zealand all-rounder. Former sporting all-rounder as well. Not just good at cricket, but good on the rugby field as well. All you Canterbury folk will know exactly who he is. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery. Delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. This is The Run Home feature interview. Thanks to Mick Delivery. Spark Arena game two. They came to see the Breakers win. Instead, they got a masterclass in grit and determination from the Sydney Kings. Yes, it is one apiece. Game three is being played tomorrow in Sydney between the Breakers and the Sydney Kings in the NBL final series. Joining us to talk about it, Liam Santamaria, General Manager of the NBL's Next Star Recruitment Programme and Analyst for ESPN Australia and New Zealand. Liam, great to have you back on the programme. How did you enjoy your time in New Zealand? Uh, did a beautiful job on the Sky Sport panel with our crew as well. Oh, thanks. Thanks heaps for having me and... Uh... Yeah, I had a great time. I mean, it was an, it was an unbelievable game. It was uh, it was a shame for the home crowd that the Breakers weren't able to get up, but uh, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, Spark Arena was absolutely popping. It was great to connect uh, with some of the Breakers fans uh, who I haven't seen in person over the journey, and um, it was great to work with that crew. You could hear heard Andrew Mulligan 
summation of yeah. uh, the game there, and he perfectly encapsulated it. It was a remarkable win by the Sydney Kings. Now the home court advantage switches back to the Kings, but does that mean anything in the series? <laughs> well, usually you would think that it does. I mean, uh, we see over over the course of history, uh, you know, home teams usually holding serve in in grand final games and, and certainly in playoff games as well. But between these two teams, it just hasn't been the case this season. That's now five, all five games that the two have faced off against each other this season. They've been won by the road teams. Crazy. So, uh, here we are with three games potentially to go and um, who knows what's going to happen. Talk about what's going to happen, Liam. Obviously, our guard, Will McDowell-White, took them apart in game one but struggled in game two. Uh, do you think Sydney Kings have worked them out or is it a case of just a quiet night or he'll be better in game three, you reckon? Oh, look, I hope so. Certainly from the breaker's perspective. I, I think he's the key to the series, Will McDowell-White, because um, you know, he's the puppet master for, for New Zealand. Uh, offense, really. I mean, you look at a guy like Derek Pardon, he hasn't really been able to get into the series because, you know, the defense is kind of staying attached to him. That usually opens things up for Will McDowell-White, and that's why he was able to go off and make things happen in game one. But uh, they made life really tough for him. He's got one of the best defensive players in the league, former defensive player of the year, Justin Simon, up and into his stuff. Uh, throughout every second that he's out there on the floor. And uh, Justin Simon certainly won that battle in, in game two. And, um, you know, Modi Mayor and the coaching staff will be trying to devise some ways to, to give Will McDowell-White a little bit more room to move and see if he can recapture that game one form in game three. Let's talk about another absolute superstar, the reigning MVP, Xavier Cooks, who, of course, this week has signed on with the Washington Wizards in the NBA, I think the 11th Australian to do so. Uh, it's been absolutely incredible. But what will the, the game tomorrow be about for him? He's just signed this deal. Like, it's mega. Yeah. I know. It's a really interesting scenario, isn't it? Because he's smack bang in the middle of a championship series. He's dealing with injury issues. He came into the series with a bad ankle. He copped two corkies into the same spot on the inside of his thigh at the end of game one. Struggled to run out game two and now all of a sudden it's public knowledge that he's got this NBA opportunity waiting for him to take up after Mm. the series. So does it take a little bit of an edge off for him? I mean you would have to think it would because it's a childhood dream and there's, you know, potential riches available for him if he can solidify himself as an NBA player over the next 12 to 18 months. So um, I can't wait to see how he goes about it in, in Game 3. The word is that he's, you know, he's feeling better. He's going to be out there on the floor. But can he have that kind of MVP impact that he had over the course of the season? Uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch tomorrow night. When you're obviously talking about Xavier Cooks there, isn't it a tremendous, I guess, stamp of approval for the actual league itself yeah. that guys are getting these opportunities from the uh, Australian NBL? Yeah, for sure. Uh, big time. I mean, it's uh, it's a proven pathway, isn't it, the NBL? Uh, if you want to make it into the NBA, if maybe you're a, a young Aussie like Josh Giddy or Jack White or Jock Landau, Xavier Cooks. If you're a next star from around the world like a Rayan Rupert or an Usman Jiang, uh, or you're an import player, uh, and like a Jay Sean Tate or a Tory Craig. I mean, so many guys now over the past five or six years have, have shown the ability to make that jump from the NBL to the NBA. And 
I think this one is also particularly cool for the Sal's NZ NBL as well, with Xavier Cook having played there over the course of last off-season. Um, yeah, did some great things with Wellington, was the MVP of the league, and that's on his resume now as he heads to the bright lights of the association. Any other team news to be aware of, Liam? Any other niggles? Well, we're waiting to see the status of Derek Walton Jr. All-NBL all first-team point guard for mm. Sydney. He had that almighty quad cramp at the end of game one that completely seized up the top half of his leg. And um, he only lasted four or five minutes in game two. Obviously, they did a great job without him. Other guys stepping up and playing that role. But he's a star. And uh, there's been no real strong word out of Sydney just yet about whether or not he's good to go for tomorrow night. Right, Liam, you've talked about McDowell White for us Breakers fans. Is he the man that's going to turn this all around for us and take us to the promised land, or is there someone else that uh, we need as well? Abercrombie. <laughs> Abercrombie. We, lo- we love Tom. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a legend. Um, one, of, one of the all-time greats. Uh, he, you know, he could step up and have, have a couple of moments for sure. McDowell White's going to need to be good if the Breakers are going to win, but... You know, there's some other guys as well, Jarrell Brantley and, and Barry Brown Jr. in particular. Yeah. Um, Brown Jr. was really good in the last quarter in Game 1. He hasn't been great consistently over the course of the rest of the seven quarters of the series so far. So can he shake loose, catch fire like he did in Game 3 against Tasmania? Uh, that would be huge for the breakers if he can. When you talk about, obviously, these guys getting opportunities to go over the NBA and that, how much do you think the overseas agents and scouts would look at the finals, you know, and realise that this is the the most pressure cooker that these guys are going to be in, in that season to sort of gauge. You talk about your Barry Brown juniors. How much, I mean, your eyes would be on him thinking, right, if he can deliver in this sort of pressure. Yeah, I think no doubt. It's all part of the, the equation, all part of the information that they gather on these players. And um, you can certainly make a big name for yourself if you can do it. In that type of in that type of environment, but you know these guys have been closely watched and assessed over the course of of the entire season. So it's, it's probably not a make or break type scenario. I mean, a guy like Rayan Rupert, for example. I mean, he's been really impressive for the Breakers over the course of the season. His minutes have maybe dipped a little bit in this series so far, as Modi Mayor just sort of tightens the roster and maybe has a little bit of more faith in, in veteran guys like Tom Abercrombie in this pressure cooker situation. But, um, you know, the NBA scouts are fully aware of what Rayan can do and what type of, you know, really impressive, exciting potential that he has. So you're right. You can, you can certainly um, enhance your prospects and, and get opportunities by performing well in this type of scenario. But um, they're constantly gathering information and, watching these guys all year round. So I, I wouldn't call it make or break necessarily. That's absolutely brilliant, Liam. Great to chat to you once again. You've got us really excited for Game 3 tomorrow. And if the stats and history, anything to go by, this is going to be our game tomorrow. 
Yeah, we'll see. Thanks, guys. Great to chat. <laughs> Thank you so much, Thanks, Liam. Mate. Liam Santamaria joining us there out of Australia. Of course, he works for ESPN and the NBL League itself. Uh, he's been at the forefront. He has been watching these players and these teams. He knows exactly who's good and who's not. Uh, so that is the Breakers against the Sydney Kings Game 3 in the NBL Final Series tomorrow night. Beaver, what's happening in the cricket? We've got playback up. What is happening in Christchurch? It's blue sky there. It's blue sky. How and is there a rain? Thank you for coming to me here in the commentary box because you have produced a wicket. The great man Tim Salvi gets his third of the day and boy was that needed. They are now 2-3-3 for four. I was just about to have a look to see how much the Lankins were playing because they were starting to become quite attractive at that $360 but uh, no, the captain, uh, he leads by example. Jeez, he's got nice figures for a day, three for 42. And, uh, also, he takes the outright second uh, place on yes. the all-time wicket-taking list, uh, overtaking Dan Vittori. He equaled him earlier in the day. Now he's overtaken him. Three wickets. The old mentor. Um, and, of course, the other big series going along, along Who, at the moment. Who's we got? we got India and Australia. Um, oh, sorry. Who have we got? How do you get out? Oh, uh, Chandamal. Who? Chandamal. Chandamal for 39. Off his 64 curse foot. She might get a, uh, a butte name. Who's come in for him? Uh, oh, that's Danajaya. <laughs> I'm not too bad with my Sri Lankan pronunciation. Nice, yes. nice. Nailed that. Yeah, it's a long time watching the JSRs, the mm. Tilakaratnas of the world. Mm. And in, in, in India? Arms. Uh, in India and in, in India. Thank you. Thankfully, the uh, Australians are batting. Uh, they're 15 for nothing after 3.3. He'd uh, yet to score. And Kawaja, he's on five. So a lot of extras in this first innings for the Australians. And uh, Umesh is still taking up the attack from the northern end of Calcutta. Very good. Thank you very much for your update of both tests going on around the world at the moment. Uh, text in here. This is a question for you, B, from Grant in Christchurch. Yes. Thank you for your message, Grant. Uh, and if you've got any other questions, keep firing them our way. Hi, guys. Question. How does the situation work? As in when Billy Harmon got called up to the All Blacks, is he given a contract for a certain period of time? Is he still being paid as an All Black? Um, as the restriction placed on him seems he must have a contract with the All Blacks. So how does the contracting work? No, so you get paid, obviously you organise a contract with your provincial, uh, provincial team and then your super team and then if you're a certain level of player they will top up, New Zealand Rugby Union will top up your super rugby contract. And then for a on, set number of players, basically for the All Blacks. Yeah, basically for the All Blacks and then All Blacks will get a bonus assembly fees um, which I think was quite widely known as about seven and a half K per test match. And the only way you still get keep getting paid as an all black essentially is if you uh when it comes to assembly fees and if you're injured due when the next team was announced. So if you're an all black in the end of your tour and if you're injured when it comes to the naming of the uh, four nations to tournament this year, uh, you would still be getting paid uh, that assembly fees money but your salary as such will be whatever your salary is. But I guess uh, Grant is asking there, is Billy Harmon um, part of that group of players however many it may be, 35, 40 that are classed as all blacks that get the assembly fees, would he be classed as that group because he was called into the end of your tour squad? He, he, he'll get the assembly fees if he's not, if he's injured come the next time it's named. But he won't get it. He won't be getting paid it now. There's no such thing right now. You're just on your salary now. 
the assembly fees kick in when there's all black test weeks. Are you talking about their weekly, the yes, weekly allowance? the weekly top up. So everyone's contract oh. will be set in concrete. So here we, so here they have a. Highlanders. But the All Blacks are topped up. So the, does he get the top up? Not unless it was negotiated before he signed his last deal. Which it wouldn't be. So when I say top up, it'll be, say, Bodie gets paid $5 for Taranaki, $10 for the Blues, and he might get $25 yeah. for the All Blacks. Yeah. And that's his contract for his the next salary. three years. That's yeah. his full salary. But then he'll also get the assembly fees when the All Blacks are in test, test weeks. Yeah, I guess it's really confusing then. Um for probably everyone as to why the All Blacks can then place restrictions on other players yes. that aren't involved in their actual group. Because Billy Harmon wouldn't be a player who, what, a year, two years ago would have negotiated in his contract to have this All Blacks top up. No. No. no so no. why why do they have control over other players outside clearly, of their... Clearly the All Blacks think that he's well and truly in the mix. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. We, it'd be great if actually if we had release anyway. the list. But I guess we're going to work it out in the next in the first five weeks, aren't we? We will. So if any fringe All Black is not playing, we need to ask the question of that coach. And they will get asked. And and to be fair, are they on All Blacks rest? Or why fair, aren't they playing? The vibe we got from Clark Dermody and his thing. He didn't like it. Uh, he didn't like it. So I think any of these coaches that uh, get a little bit, uh, should we say, pissed off mm. um, by having to rest guys who they don't believe uh, well and truly in the mix. Um, then I think we're going to work it out quite quickly. Few at the Chiefs are going to intrigue me. Your Webbers, Stevensons, McKenzies, are they in there? Oh, Webber must be. You can guarantee Webber's going to get rested. You think so? Yep. Stevenson? No. In- intriguing. He's the intriguing one, isn't he? I would imagine if someone plays the house down, and, and let's say Sean Stevenson carries on doing what he's doing, does he, in the in the block of five to ten weeks and ten to fifteen weeks, and see rugby, all of a sudden he's having a rest week? Mm. Don't know. I don't think you'll be included in the first one, but the way he's going, might be included in the next one. It's not so not in the rugby championship. They've got five tests. No, I'm meaning in these rest weeks. Oh, in the rest weeks, like, yeah. They've identified some at the watch. start of the year. They're going to watch, and then they're like, "Oh hell, this guy's actually going to go pretty close to making our World Cup team." Yeah. So we better make sure that, say, the Chiefs or whoever don't run him into the ground. Peter Gus, does he get rested? Oh please. I mean, genuine question: Does no. he get rested? No, because they couldn't even find a spot for him in the New Zealand 15 team. I mean, he'd be resting on my book. Mm. He keeps doing Peter Gus things at the moment. Well, we should come up with this list. Who do you think will get um, <laughs> a rest? All, yeah, a rest. <laughs> who that is not part of that setup? The players that we all know and love. Mm. Who not part of that group? Do you think will be rested in the next five weeks? Billy Harmon is a great example. Have you got any others that you think may be rested? And the questions will be asked when the games come around and your favourite player isn't playing. The question will be asked: Why are they not? Okay, uh, the rest round chat continues. We'll get into it around the grounds in a second. But uh, John said, this is getting ridiculous. Let's just have a rest round. So have a a whole round. That's That's a good idea, John. John. You have a week in the middle of Super Rugby where you give every team a break. They had two rest rounds before the Breakers NBL series, final series. (laughs) They had a long old rest. But it actually built it up because you were like, but when is this thing on? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd imagine your friends at Sky would have something to say about that. Give us the week off. It'd be us that have a week oh, no, as well. Yeah, yeah those, oh. those friends will be happy, but I'm, I'm talking about the, the money men, oh, the, yes. the bean counters. Yes. So, so you speak. just add another game at the end, you know? You still have the same amount of rounds. You just yes. have a break so that the fans are not missing out on seeing their favourite players. Now, here's a question for you that I just thought of. Will the All Blacks rest all four of their potential first fives? Will Bowden... 
Richie, Damien and Stephen all get rested? Well, the only one that wouldn't is Mackenzie. Because he wasn't there last year? Yeah. Is that, do you think it'd be, a kick, it'd be a kick in the guts to tell Peter Fetter before the season's even started that you're not, gonna be you're not, gonna, you're not getting arrested. <laughs> so here we're getting arrested. Um, but I don't Damien's know. playing big minutes. He's playing big minutes. But they might just have a tap on the shoulder and say, See, I've got to be honest with you, I was watching when I was in Melbourne, when I was watching the Chiefs intently, I was saying to myself, why is, regardless of rest minutes, I was saying, why is Damien out there? Why is Brody out there? Why is Sammy Kane out there? But to be honest, it's not, unless you're getting injured, which is a complete accident, do these players want to be playing? Oh, of course you don't want to be rested, do you? They don't. Do they need a rest? They've only just come back. Do they genuinely need a rest, or would they rather be out there, Beef? No. I think when you get to that experience and that level, there'd be days like and where you just want to switch off. Mate, I was sitting there and I was demotivated. There was fifteen hundred people there when the Chiefs <laughs> ran out, and I saw them running out, and I saw them skipping and trying to gee themselves up, and I was thinking, this is going to be a tough slog for the lads. There's probably something in the contract uh, in Melbourne, though, that you can't rest players in that oh, round. I guarantee there is. There would be because they've paid so much money to have Super Rugby over there. No, no. remember they had that with the um, the Brisbane 10s. Yes, you so can. So when, when, when those Brisbane 10s were alive, um, they you had to have so many from your top squad, so many All Blacks, so many of us. In they the rested so many people. Jesus, Brisbane 10s was a good weekend. Oh, you, oh, yes, yes. No, we got we got flown up. The entire Chiefs squad got flown over. So part of our deal was we get flown over as long as they organise the another preseason game for us. So we had the week on the Goldie. So the rest the rest of us had Dangerous. a week on the Goldie. We played a we played the Bulls, the, the South Africans in Ballymore, and then uh, I was water boy for the rest of it. Fine. And I was like, "What are you guys moaning about? This is not a hot." As I was dripping in sweat with my water boy singlet on. Oh, rest round. I like it. Yes. That is one way to combat it. Great idea, John. Uh, news and sport update with Johnny Mack. When we come back, we'll whip around the grounds, all thanks to PGG Wrightson, and uh, do our Super Rugby tips for round three. This is Around the Grounds, all thanks to Duriscape Lawn Seed from PGG Wrightson or Fruit Fed Stores. There is a lot of sport going on this weekend. The cricket will continue in Christchurch from Hagley Oval all weekend, of course. Day one of the first test between New Zealand and Sri Lanka. The NRL, round two. The Warriors taking on the Roosters on Saturday night. We've got live commentary here on SENZ. The Breakers, game three and four tomorrow night in Sydney. Uh, back in Auckland on Sunday for, I think, a record break crowd. They've sold it out and they've asked for more seats to be put up at Spark Arena. That is between the Breakers and the Sydney Kings. The Phoenix are playing at Eden Park on 
Sunday uh, against Sydney FC and Beaver and Ricardo Paul will be doing the run home tomorrow from the Spark Commercial Base Store in Central Auckland with all of the Phoenix players. So if you're a Phoenix fan, head down, meet your favourite players, take some pictures. You can even uh, pick up a jersey as well. And the ANZ Netball Premiership, of course, golf and so much more. Super rugby, we're going to look at the games and we're going to do our tips at the same time whipping around the grounds. Starting off tomorrow night, Beeve, first game of the round, Chiefs, Highlanders, 7.05, the city of the future of Hamilton. I'll go Chiefs. Oh, brave of you. Very brave of you. At the start of the week, you were luring us into thinking you might go the Landers. Uh, they, I... I mean, they're going to tip someone up. They tipped up the Crusaders last year when no one thought they were capable of doing it. They did it. So you're not prepared to say it's going to be the Chiefs this weekend? I don't think so, but I could be wrong. I'm not going to be forced into anything here. I'm going to go Chiefs. Uh, tomorrow at 9.35, the late game, Rebels, Waratahs. There'll be nothing in this, won't there? I'll go Waratahs. Oh, you're unbelievable. <laughs> nothing in this. There wouldn't be much. Rebels push the canes, a few cards. <laughs> where, where are you going? Well, I'm, trying to make, I'm trying to make this interesting, but you refuse to take any sort of risk in this. Risk? I'm taking the reward. I'll go the Rebels. Okay, there's one difference. Yeah, you're happy. Oh, yeah. Saturday, uh, 4.35, great afternoon game. Uh, imagine being there in Lautoka for the Fijian draw. Yeah, say that stadium is going to be absolutely packed to the brim, won't it be, against the Crusaders. Crusaders arrived yesterday to the airport and just had the most amazing welcome. Yeah, it should be a fair bit different to the Melbourne crowd, I'd yeah. imagine. There'll be, actually It'll be pumping. People, there'll be people in this stadium. Uh, no, that's, that's the Crusaders. But I tell you what, Smoky. Take them lightly at your peril there, uh-huh. Crusaders. Home territory. We know how hot and humid it gets over there. And they're resting plenty. And there's, you know, like obviously Fugsburg, good young player, but geez, it's going to be a bit different if uh, the Fijians get their tails up in front of odds, imagine 15 or 20,000 in Lakota. Mm. Uh, who knows? Mm. I'm going the Crusaders in that one, but I'd love to see the, the Drua uh, get a victory at home. Hurricanes Blues, Blockbuster, Saturday night, 7.05. Uh, we'll be done in Wellington. We've got TJ Pedernada joining us uh, on the show on Saturday as well. You went early on this one. You actually made your pick on Monday. You're going all in on the Canes. Oh, am I? You said that. Have you changed? No, no, it's fine. You're going Hurricane? No, it's fine. I'll make it interesting and go oh, Blues. Just, I'm thinking about changing my Waratahs Rebels pick. But anyway, <laughs> carry on. You can t- change it if you want. Uh, Saturday night, 9.35, Brumbies, Reds. It'll be the Brumbies for me in Canberra. Oh, will it be? Yes, I'll go Brumbies as well. Oh, okay. Uh, midnight, Sunday morning, uh, Western Force, Moana Pacifica, uh, in Perth, long trip for Moana, their first time in Western Australia. It'll be force for me. Oh, force for you? Yeah, I'll take the force too. Oh, you're going to go? Okay. Yes. Two different. Round two of Super Rugby. That is all coming up. Who have you got? Let us know. And that is Around the Grounds this week. All thanks to PGG Rights and Turf. Ask about Juriscape Lawn Seed from your local PGG Rights and or Fruit Fed stores. Now, how does 150 bucks in your TAB account before the weekend sound? How does that sound to you? Sounds like what I need. Because it is heaven, heaven on earth, and we've got that coming up next. Drive to survive for $150 TAB bonus bet voucher. Give us a call right now, 0800-150811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. We're going to play Drive to Survive right after this. This 
is Drive to Survive. Uh, it certainly is Drive to Survive on your Thursday, isn't it, Kirst? One fifty too. It it's is a big day today. Last chance to get in the mixer before we either give it away or jackpot on Monday. Yeah, don't make me play for 200 on Monday, mm. would you? Well, Last chance to win, really, because no one wins Beavis Best anymore, so... Low blow. I was three from four in the weekend. I know, I know. And it was a good haul too, $800. Yep. Well, I look forward to uh, four from four on Monday, Beef. Uh, so does everyone else. Well, I can only do so much, guys. <laughs> the listeners have to come through as well. You know? Put the drawer in there and you're pushing the odds up. Oh, so, sorry, you just want to change your picks for the weekend, do you? <laughs> you can put the juror in your picks. Give the money away, B. Oh. $150 going out to one of our lucky listeners today. Absolutely, and that lucky listener with the first chance to go all the right way will be John from Christchurch. John, how are we? G'day, B. How are you today, mate? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Tell you it's been a long day uh, having to go to a corporate lunch with Kirst uh, for three hours. She, she takes the life out of me. Double time today, to be fair. Oh, jeepers, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Someone get that violin. Yeah, oh. for you, Kirk, wouldn't it? Oh, so difficult. I have to do it all day, every day. <laughs> oh, my shoulders are that sore. Uh, now, John, yesterday's question that stumped a few was which university does Kiwi star Charlie's Ledger Walker represent? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Washington State. It is Washington State. So we're now up and running. And uh, tell you what, from here, you might get on a bit of a roll, John. What teams are playing in the NRL tonight? Uh, South and Penrith. South and Penrith, blockbuster, Thursday night fixture. It should be a ripper. Need my boys to bounce back tonight. Question three, lap one with John here. We're on our way to 150 from the great men at the TAB. Which two teams qualified for the quarterfinals of the Champions League this morning? Bayern Munich and whoever Tottenham was playing. Who was Tottenham playing? Clue. Inter Milan. Front left tires. Yeah, you can see it's starting to shred. It is starting to shred. I tell you what, John danced around that one. No clues for John. John danced around that one real close. Uh, we now go to Kerry. Kerry, how are you? Good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, we're going right here. We need the the other team. I don't know if you heard uh, John, but we probably need both teams from you if you can. Which two teams qualified for quarterfinals of the Champions League this morning? Yeah, it was um, AC Milan, and by the AC Milan, yes. Very close, John, but not quite. So Kerry picks up the banner and starts running. Final question of lap one. What year has Scott Barrett signed on to with New Zealand Rugby? I think that's 2025. 2025 is correct, and just crossing live to Hagley... Henry has picked up another one, a much-needed one. Good catch at first slip by the great Kiwi, Daryl Mitchell. And I'm just trying to get you a score update. No. Yes, I've got one for you now. 260 for five now for Sri Lankans. That was the great Angelo Matthews, 47. Patience stay from Matthews, 47 off 98. But uh, Henry's now got two wickets. 
anywhere. Back to a more exciting game, and that is Drive to Survive. Lap two, question one. Name the captain of the Sri Lankan test team. Changed about five times, I think, in the last <laughs> six months. Um, is it Karatna? Karatna? Oh, sensational. Sensational. Yes, Dimuth Karatna uh, is the correct answer. Lap two, question two. We're getting close to about 150 now with Kerry. Where are the Crusaders playing this weekend? Uh, Lautoka and Fiji. Absolutely. Churchill Park there in Lautoka. Question three, lap two. Geez, we're getting close. What is the Sydney Kings arena called? Uh, Ace Arena. His engine has blown. Tell you what, Kirst, we're getting close to jetpack time. Uh, What do you reckon? Are we going to go Keep anymore? Keep it going. Oh, we're going to go some more. Producer Jacob wants to get rid of it. He was getting a bit nervous when we played that 300 game that the TAB officials were going to start to come in over they've, the top. They've been hot on my heels, Beef. Emails back and forth all week. Uh, telling us all over the place. Yeah. We've got to give it away. Fair enough, too. Fair enough, too. So we're now going to go to Luke in Dunedin. Luke, how are we? We're good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. About to make you pretty rich, so you should be fairly happy, I reckon. Uh, what is the Sydney Kings Arena called? Kudos Bank Arena. Kudos Bank Arena. There you go. That is correct. And finally, for all the money, for the 150, how many Super Rugby games ended with over 50 total points last weekend? Great question. Jacob. That is a good question. That is a great one. 50 total. Is it one, two, three, four, five. Oh! Yay! Great question and great answer. Superb. Oh. Absolutely. Well done, mate. Got 150 coming your way. Where's it headed? Uh, that will go on the rabbit o's tonight. Woof. Rabbit is at two. What about there? About 240? Yeah, they were last time I looked. There you go. Well, all the best with that, mate. And uh, yeah, I would say I, I hope it gets in, but that'll be at the expense of my beloved Panthers. So uh, maybe take the point yeah, well, start. Then, mate. Yeah, nah, take the Panthers. <laughs> Very good, Luke. Thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the weekend of sporting action. There is plenty to go around. Uh, Beaver, just on your Panthers, yes. what do you think of Latrell's spray? I love the theatre. Mm. I love the theatre, so no, fair play to them. And let's be fair, the, some of the Panther boys, they've uh, their mouths have been pretty lippy over the last two years when they've been on top, so... Why not? So when you're in a sporting team and the opposition comes out chirping away during the week, yep. how does the team or coach actually use that? Like, is it actually brought up? Does it need to be? Do people just know about it? And Well, especially in New Zealand because it doesn't really happen too often. So when, it never happens. When they can find, We're too nice. When they can find a little bit of gold like that, it will get brought up. Um, what happens with it? Oh, just get brought up on team meeting. If, especially if it's sort of coming at you about... Uh, the physical state of the boys or what have you. I, I remember the most annoying one that I was a part of. 
Um, I found my telling story before. I've got bad memories, so I probably have. Uh, 2007, we were going down. We had to win in Lancaster Park, as it was then. Uh, final final Super Round round Robin game against Crusaders. Crusaders were guaranteed home, home semi-final. We had to win in Christchurch. Uh, our captain then, our inspirational captain, uh, John O'Gibbs, was quoted as saying, uh, the Crusaders lost the previous week before and uh, the Brum against the Brumbies. And he got, I think he got twisted, like his words got twisted, but, he's, but the headlines on the Friday that we were down there in Christchurch for this, obviously, blockbuster, um, Crusaders are soft. <laughs> and and, and he, he must have, he got quoted as saying something like the... The Crusaders would have been disappointed with their forward performance. You know, it was uncrusaders like it was a bit soft, and the, that was the headline when we walked into Christchurch. And literally everywhere we went, like, oh, you guys are cocky. You guys are this. You guys. Who won? We won. It was the David um, Luaki went mad in oh. the famous fiend and, and all the rest of it. But we won to give ourselves a sniff, and then we actually sat there for about five hours after a game and, and a result came through. I think the Blues won in Perth or something, so that put an end to our season anyway. So we were in the, we were in the top four for only a moment, so only a matter but of hours. But you got the win. We got the win, but it was funny because I had known a lot of the Crusader boys through the Junior All Blacks for the last couple of years, so it got on well with them, blah, blah, blah. I got to Lancaster Park for my uh, goal kick the day before and uh, they snubbed me. All of them snubbed me. And, and Who are we been, talking about? Oh, <laughs> those are the under twenties boys. Yeah, DC. Oh, oh no, no, no. All the, like junior all black. So oh, junior all black. It was, it was essentially New Zealand A at the time. Yeah. And uh, they all, to a man, looked at him as if I'd said it. And so f- clearly they. That's were, good, isn't it? That is good for the sport. Clearly they. I was, I was, hey boys, how are you? But clearly they wound up, and uh, and then obviously we we went out, and, and the irony is, John never came down to Christchurch. John didn't have to play. <laughs> So, so he didn't, that's why they were giving it to everyone else. He was injured that week uh, after being quoted uh, saying that. So, yeah, that was the only time I can remember from a New Zealand, like in my New Zealand times, somebody ran their mouth off in, a, in the fixtures that we were part it of. It doesn't happen, does it? No. It just doesn't happen often. What are the coaches put in the dressing room? Like in that instance, I'm pretty sure they had the newspaper clipping up oh, on sorry. the wall with a quote so that the team <laughs> members would walk past and look and say, they think you're soft. What do they do to motivate you before games? Well, back then, obviously, local papers, like everyone had a local, like the Christchurch Press would yeah. have been in the time. Like you couldn't have missed it. It would have been front page. It, it wouldn't have not. It, you wouldn't have been had to wait to the team room to go. It's it was it would have been everywhere. So yeah, I remember sitting down at breakfast with the liaison officers, and the liaison officers in those days in Christchurch were quite aggressive towards you, like as if you know, sort of what are you doing here, you second class citizens? Um, and they were going, "What do you reckon the Crusaders are going to think of us?" I was like, "Mate, I'm just having my breakfast on game day. Leave me alone." <laughs> Oh, that's what the game needs, doesn't it? Absolutely. Needs a little bit more of that. Yeah. Oh, just listening to the Breaky Boys there, Izzy and Louie, on bacon and egg pie. Well, who is the bacon and egg pie king around here? It's the man I'm sitting next to. Chutney, tomato sauce? Chutney, you'll find at a nice cafe that tries to, I guess, Fancy up. Oh, well, how do you fancy up for. a bacon and egg no, pie? No, it's the only time you'll see a chutney anywhere near. You don't? Okay, so it's a sauce for you. It's a tomato sauce without a shadow of a doubt. Have you tried it with chutney? I've relinquished sometimes and, and ordered one of these fancy cafe-like style bacon egg pies. I'll tell you what I did for a while in Japan, actually, uh, when I was um, experimenting a bit with my bacon egg pie from my teammates. I would actually, because I'd make a lot of batches, uh, put different sort of sauce already in. 
What kind of sauce? Uh, sometimes tomato, just your yes. regulation ketchup. Then barbecue. Ah, Tried and a bit of how barbecue. did it taste? Yeah, I didn't mind what, it. What, just swirls, just, then you put it in the oven, bake yeah, it? bake it. And what, it was delicious? Pre-sourced. So you don't need to add sauce no, after? pre-saucer. Surely you do. That's what they call it. You still oh, add I mean, a bit of sauce. I always add a little bit. Yeah, you'd yeah. add a bit more. That's my pre-sourcing bacon egg pie. <laughs> Heard it here first. bacon and egg pie chat for a moment. Beaver was talking about the variations he's made by adding sauce inside the bacon and egg pie. Well, Jacob's just gone on to tell us that he adds spices yeah. to his bacon and egg pie. <laughs> I've never yeah. heard of such a thing. He is a fruity kid, this one. Spices to uh, his eggs. He is he's something else. Oh, you guys are just you can't be adding Waddy's tomato sauce to everything. Well, paprika, was it? What else did you chuck yeah, in there? Yeah, paprika, you got your, you got your cumins, you got your oh basil maybe if you're feeling like Even at those fancy places Beaver was talking about, I don't think they no, add spices. They no, definitely You do. add pastry, egg, bacon, and sometimes a bit of frozen peas. Nothing frozen else. Frozen peas that. and a bacon, no. Yeah. yeah. Frozen yeah. peas and yeah. a bacon and egg pie. Yeah. No. The key, the key. I don't think Jacob's ever eaten a bacon and egg I don't think he's ever eaten a bacon and egg pie in his life. You see, I am a chutney on the side man with a salad, possibly. <laughs> I am I am that kind Have of guy. Have you made one? I've, 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 I've got to be honest, never made one. Is your mum? Uh, oh, she's not that great at cooking. That's why I eat out at these oh, free bacon restaurants. Bacon and egg pies are so I don't easy. Think, no, she, I, I do tell a lie. She's a good cook, but I don't think she's ever made me a bacon and egg pie. Not from memory, anyway. I think Jacob actually eats a little bit better than we do. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm picking the type of meals he eats, like, gnocchi. Yeah. Different side of the tricks. Yeah, yeah, I love, yeah. I love good gnocchi. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> gnocchi, that's how that's uh, pronounced in Italy. Um, yeah, I guess just a bit of a tip for you. When you put your frozen veg in, mm. uh, defrost them first. But I want to make it get sulky. <laughs> Amateur. Yeah. I mean, these that's, that's step one. Yeah. Um, and add your paprika and cumin. Yeah, I don't know. When you add your whisk. paprika and cumin. Yeah. But we, yeah do you when, whisk your eggs or not whisk your eggs? When you're whisking yeah, you your whisk. eggs. Do you whisk no, oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, no, no, no. Leave them whole. Yeah, leave them whole. Yeah. And you just so you no, get the but perfect. Then, but, but then you get bits of white in your bacon egg pie. Yeah, well, that's what a bacon egg pie kind of, is. The, the white bit just doesn't really taste much of... It's you know? add your tomato sauce, Jacob. Oh, my gosh. Where do you think the flavour comes in here? Not... Okay, not... You can't add sauce while you're baking it. Like, that just defeats the purpose of the sauce. The sauce is to lubricate the... the especially a bacon egg pie. It can be dry at the best of times. If you could see Jacob right now, he's oh, losing yes. his mind. Oh, my gosh, yes. Maybe maybe I should host a cooking hour on SNZ. Maybe you need, to, you need to come in my house for a few days and I'll just keep yeah. cooking for you. I, I'll, I'll show you an array of dishes that I, you can add. I'd love to. I'd love to have you know... you cooked me on your life? <laughs> of course I have. Yeah, okay. I'd love to know a white bait recipe if you've got one. Well, it's not too dissimilar to my pancake recipe. <laughs> Is that yeah. why you're good at making pancakes? Yeah. Well, we're just getting a full list of what Beaver can actually cook. What is it, Beef? Bacon and egg pie, pancakes and white bait fritters. Yeah, and I've also stumbled onto this wee chicken nibble 
number. Uh, Check a nibble number. On the old coal, coal barbecue over the summer. Oh, yeah, but. Yeah, because of after me and Izzy did that promo. and What do, what do you do? I blew people's minds over the festive season. Uh, but that, what, eight-hour chicken nibbles? I sped them up a little bit. And admittedly, it was on New Year's Eve, so a lot of people were giving me compliments, which probably weren't deserved. They were <laughs> lubricated. But I I put them on, and me and Izzy got taught this one. You put them on, uh, seasoned, cook them for us, you know, until they're cooked, bring them off, put them in a big tub of barbecue sauce, get oh, them all covered, then you put, them back, put on. them back on for a couple of minutes. Holy hell. Yeah, I can attest to that. Oh, you've done that, that one? That is a good technique. Yeah. I, 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 um, but that's adding that sauce one. while it's still cooking, yeah. Jacob. It no, goes against everything, everything you, you stand, stand for. for. Chicken nibbles, all for it. <laughs> that's how they do it in, in um, fine dining restaurants. Oh, well, our next guest Absolutely does not nice. want to listen to our absolutely rubbish, rubbish chat about food. <laughs> so without further ado, coming up on the Maker's Menu, thanks to Mick Delivery, we've got the one and only Glenn Jackson standing by to have a chat about the Fijian Drua. We've got Rod Latham coming on the programme a little bit later on as well, former New Zealand cricketer. To talk about the first day of the first test beef, we need a couple more wickets in this one. Well, we're actually reviewing one right now. Oh, he's plum. We'll pick another one up here, I'd Good. say. Brace was going to get a late wicket for us. Good. We need that. We need that. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to Mac Delivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. But time now to welcome in uh, the Fijian Drua assistant coach, former referee as well, Glenn Jackson. Great to have you joining us on the programme. I should be saying Buller, Buller Vanaka, Glenn. Thank you so much for your time. How excited is the Drua to host the Crusaders at uh, Lautoka Churchill Park this weekend? And how excited are the locals? Uh, well, Kirsty and Beef, good to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good to be home. A um, couple of games on the road, uh, one one went all right, one not so good. So it's it's good to be back. And the weather forecast has actually turned around. It's been bloody pissing down for for the last sort of two weeks, but uh, it's, it's nice and hot just as they arrive, which is what we needed really. Are you based in Fiji this year, the Drua? Are you based in Lautoka? Uh, we're based just in Nandi. We've got a new premises just uh, near the Nandi International Airport. We've been pretty sport there with a brand new facility and new gym. So the boys um, in their second year of professional rugby have now finally got a, a place they can call home. Awesome. So we've got a rugby field. We've been training on the odd <laughs> bit of grass with no rugby posts around. But the, the boys get over that pretty easily. I think any other New Zealand team would have been uh, they would have been on strike by now. But uh, these boys just get up and go for it. So um, it's good to have uh, finally some, something that they can call home. Oh, it's good the goal kick's got an excuse for famous, Jacko. <laughs> Mate, exactly right. I said that to my CEO. I said, if we uh, miss goals, then you, you can't blame us but yourself. So after the first couple of games, we had a uh, had fair dinkum to, to, to say that it was well, it would have helped if we had some goalposts, I think. <laughs> Mate, you talk about obviously second year being based uh, in Fiji. What have you noticed, obviously, apart from having a base uh, that year two has brought? that year one didn't have, I guess, as you say, another year of professionalism for some of the boys who are new to it all? Yeah, I think last year was a bit of a, uh, it, was, it was a bit of a shock for everyone. Um, we lived out of, out of uh, the Gold Coast or Lennox Head and, and so they got fed 24-7. So, you know what it's like, when you're sort of living in hotels or being <laughs> fed, it's not, it's not really true life. So now the no. boys are back in home, back in their villages and having to look after themselves. I think... Uh, the other thing is we've been able to finally get a, um, a little bit of a development squad or a couple of academy. You know, we've got 10 into the academy that we're trying to build, which is huge in, in this sort of day and age of rugby with the turnover of players and injuries. So that's, that's been really important. Um, the guy who scored the, the winning try against Moana, mm. actually, he was in our academy and, and only had two years of footy. So we're getting 
getting guys like that that uh, probably never ever would have been seen out of the villages and now um, see an opportunity and, and an ability to, to get into professional rugby. You've got a pretty amazing uh, coaching group as well, of course, headlined by McBurn. What's the experience been like for you? Oh, it's been awesome. Obviously, coming out of refereeing and um, and then straight into coaching was pretty hard work. I was lucky to lock horns with Beeve in a, an under nineteen tournament, but uh, was it's it's been awesome. It's, um, especially especially over here. I mean, I think anyone that's been to Fiji know how much rugby means to them, and and to have the ability to not only do the Dura but the Flying Fijians team is is a sort of dream come true to to be involved with such great men and and, and people that just truly love footy. Tell us, oh, sorry, babe. Tell us about this team that you've got uh, lined up to take on a Crusaders team this weekend. A debut for one of your players, the Sledgehammer. Yeah, Ronnie Sell has come back from um, come back from France through Edinburgh. Lucky enough to coach him with when we were at the Flying Fijian. So he's a he's a pretty experienced campaigner mm. and a professional rugby player for quite a few years. Which is, like I said previously, we haven't got many of those that are actually experienced towards it. So. It's good that he's actually from Lautoka, his, his village is from Lautoka, so it's good for that he's home. I think his uh, first sort of training today was 30 to 32 degrees in heat. I think he uh, he struggled. He struggled coming out of France, so um, it was interesting to see how he goes. But uh, we're, we're slowly getting a few guys back. I mean, there's been so many injuries that we we found out from last year around uh, knees and shoulders. That these Fijian boys just sort of uh, tough and just play with, and now... Now we've had the ability to see that and, and a couple of guys coming back. Uh, Dume, our, our team captain's coming back. He'll come back for about 30 minutes and he's a bit of a, going to be a superstar. Um, a lot of people would know him from the sevens as mm. the white shark. So he's, um, it's great that he's getting coming back and, and getting back into, involved in the game as well. Now, Jack obviously talked about a few coming back from France and the likes. Where, where does the draw really sit? Does it, is, it a, is it a place for, I guess, the, the undiscovered? Or is, is it ideally a place that you could probably bring a few back? Or is it a straight world of economics where you're not going to be able to afford to get a Radra out of Bristol or wherever he is at the moment? Oh, that's a great question, Beaver. I mean, we're, we're all lucky, like I said, we're getting guys out of the villages that would have never, ever been seen. We also know we're a pathway to, to better and better things for them. Um, there's no way we can handle or match anything that comes out of France in terms of money or um, or lifestyle or anything like that. So we, we know we're sort of at times just a passing by for the for the boys to, to get their names up into the limelight and then then um, take off. So it's 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 a it's a it's a position we know we're in. Um, we're fully fledged uh, Fijian team now. I mean we had uh, luckily we had Baden Kerr sort of slipping last year as a as a, a team that we needed, but uh, this year we're, we're fully fledged Fijian, and that's where we'll go from now on, just purely out off the island. But in saying that, a lot of guys, um, you know, who have who've done their trade in, in France and probably looking to come home for the last couple of years have, have sort of started uh, asking the question. Um, then we tell them how much they're getting paid. They quickly put the phone down. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's about just trying to get the balance of when they want to come and how much they actually want to come home for. Now, Glenn, we do a tipping competition on this show between Beaver and myself. And when we looked at this game, both of us thought, geez, this is one that the Drua could seriously upset the Crusaders. When you look at the team that they've put out, when you look at the exciting players that you have on offer, is there real belief in this team? This is a great time to get the Crusaders? Oh, you might have been in a few of our team meetings. I think the word has been belief. Uh, it's pretty... It's pretty daunting for our boys. I mean, uh, I think Crusaders, well, there's no doubt about it. Crusaders is Fiji's favourite team. Um, yeah. Uh, and last year, we were, you know, last year, 
the boys got in the change sheet. It was nice for the Crusaders to come in, and, and our boys were just star- starstruck uh, meeting their heroes. So last year was a was a good experience for them to fit, to feel what it was like to play these guys that they'd seen on TV. And this year, I think they've got some belief around how they're starting to play now and, and the ability of uh, upsetting some teams. Um, uh, they're six-time champions for no reason, but, but being a fantastic footy team. So, uh, yeah, the boys are, you know, they're certainly up for it. Um, they played really, really well for 55 minutes against the Waratahs, and and I think that gave them a bit of belief that they're sort of starting to come into a nice sort of rugby team now. So the Crusaders uh, were kind enough to rest a few guys, so it's um, it's a... Uh, it's going to be a good time to, to have them and then um, just see where we're at. Not only as rugby men, but I, I think just as, as you said, as having belief that they mm. should be in this competition. They they deserve to be in the competition. It's now just showing what they, they've got as, as rugby players. And obviously we don't want your entire game plan because uh, we obviously want to see a bit of the Crusaders here on the run home. But uh, what uh, is it, I guess is a bit of a general philosophy is you've got to take these sorts of teams out of their comfort zone and, and as you say, it's going to be... Nice and hot over there in, in Fiji. And, oh, you love that heat. And when they start t- chasing the boys who are throwing offloads willy-nilly, is, is that sort of the, the idea of just to get a roll on and uh, and see where it ends up? Well, even if it wasn't, Beaver, that's what it turns into. So uh, there's plenty of times you Where's try your coaching? not do that. It will, <laughs> it will go that way. And you feel like you're the best coach sometimes in the world, even though it's nothing planned. But no, you're right. It's, it's a bit like the Chiefs game last time we played here. I mean, the Chiefs yeah. came out with a good start and, and then we just sort of steamed home. And, and that's that's where we're at. Um, you know, I don't think kicking's our, our strongest strongest suit at the moment. So it's... Uh, it's certainly an opportunity. We know how the Crusaders are going to play. We believe how the Crusaders are going to play. That they'll um, they'll want to play territory. They're world class at that. Kick a lot of balls. So and they'll chase really well. So it's up to us to catch it and then run back as hard as we can and see if we can hurt a few guys and, and get into field position and then take some take some points. We're pretty good at long range stuff. But uh, our set piece has got a lot better this year as well. So it's um, it's about the ability of of hanging onto the ball against the Crusaders. It's it's, it's uh, no one. No one has to be a rocket scientist to work out how you beat the Crusaders. If you can hang on to the ball and, and make your tackles, then you're yeah. a good chance. I can't believe that uh, a former fly half of your standing and uh, also the world's best kicking coach in your coaching uh, panel just admitted that kicking's not a strong point of your team. What have you guys been doing? <laughs> I'll give it up, mate. I'll give it to Mick the kick, mate. That's his place now, mate. I've, I've taken away from that. Mine is counter-attack and running. So. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Just quickly before we let you go, I just want to circle back to something you said at the beginning. Uh, you crossed over with B. Was it under-19s, was it? Coaching, coaching. Yeah, obviously, obviously, <laughs> B. What was he like back then, Glenn? What were your first impressions of yeah. B before he got a big head? No, we were coaching. Oh, you're both we, coaching. We were locking horns no, as no, coaches. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, this was a couple of years ago. We were pretty good, bloody, just sitting having a few pints and talking about how the outcome actually. Yeah, fair, fair. It was stress oh. of dealing with 18 year olds. <laughs> oh, that's too good. Well, Glenn, thank you so much. You're as good a chance as anyone this weekend. We love watching how your team plays and filling up that stadium as well. It's going to be a beautiful thing to watch. All the very best. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Thank Thanks, you mate. so much. Glenn Jackson joining us there out of Fiji, of course, assistant coach with the Drua, former international referee and yes. uh, player, of course, as well. Did a number of things, including winning the Ramfilly Shield. Yep, and uh, hero for a young bay girl that would have oh, been an eh? absolute hero, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. A hero moment. He did orchestrate that shield uh, shield challenge. Um, he was a one man. Sh- well, not a one man show. Had a lot of great lieutenants, but he was 
the uh, the kingpin for the Bajor in those years. Yes. Mm. But what I was referring to is, must be not that. What was this? Chiefs under 19? No, no, no. Under no. 20s. Remember, they used to have the under 19, the New Zealand Rugby Union used to do that big under 19 tournament down at Taupo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was the back. Jock Hobbs. The Jock Hobbs. Yeah. Yep. And I was back one year from Japan in between seasons, and counties didn't have a coach and all the rest of it. And I was just living at home, and they said, Oh, would you do it? And I said, Oh, yeah. So um, myself, uh, Sean Powalt, who had to retire due to head concussions and that from um, the Blues. Um, Isaac Boss, I got what you were all on the same coaching team, yeah. I got she's big salary. I got bossy, yeah, it wasn't much going on. I got bossy, uh, in two, and uh, we took the counties boys, and that's where How'd we how'd you go? Oh, mid table, uh, that's where we had Cam, uh, Roy Guard in our team, and um, uh, so that's he was our he was our shining light, and he's the one that's kicked on since, but um, yeah, Jacko had the. Bay of Plenty team. And the Bay of Plenty... They made us the final, didn't they? Oh, they, they won it for a good few years in a row. Bay of Plenty made a conscious decision that that was the pathway in the future. So they, I mean, they used to get in um, a lot of 18-year-olds from around the countryside. They used to house them and, and put a real emphasis on it. And uh, they were a slick operation, uh, the Bot Boys. Um, so that's where Jacko... I'm trying to think of who Jacko was coaching with. It was, it was another... Another recognisable character, but it was funny. We went, you play about two games before you then go down to Taupo, and then you play three games in the sort of space of a week. And it was all like sort of our generation catching up, catching up, <laughs> and uh, running these youngsters. Uh, I hope there was parent help down there, otherwise, no one was looking after them. <laughs> I tell you what, the, uh, the Taupo, what's the, what's the big Irish pub in Taupo? Um, you know the one. It got hit. It got Every hit, night. It got hit, it got hit pretty hard. Uh, and, it was, uh, and that's why they canned the tournament. <laughs> it wasn't actually the kids. It was the coaches. No, it was good fun. Oh, um, Hoiada and the crew were all down there with the Naki boys. Oh, Batesy and Batesy them was down with there the Blues. With, he was, the, who was Batesy? Was, yeah, Batesy was Auckland. Auckland. Um, no. Jam Bowden, all of them. All of you former players just down for a week to catch up, hey? Yeah, it was good fun. It really was. Yeah. Did you ever think that Glenn Jackson would end up uh, being a coach at this level as well, super and international? Like, it's it's a pretty good gig, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And obviously, tens. Like yeah. T- 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 first of all, naturally, I guess, have the... Coaching brain. Coaching brain, because I guess certainly in that era, they essentially ran the team. Like Fozzie would, and Jacko, essentially I came in the year after Jacko left, so of the Chiefs. But by the time Fozzie sort of trusted me and stuff, it was very much your team to go and get the source of game plans and, and all the rest of it. So, yeah, it's, I think it's a natural thing for tens. Um, some tens don't want to do it, you know, like, yeah, it's just. I mean, I'm sitting here with you. Um, so That's because you're waiting. <laughs> you're waiting for Fiji or someone somewhere beautiful to call you up and pull you over, Beef. What uh, was that contract you turned up in the south of? Barretts. Yeah, Barretts. Yeah. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I hope me and Izzy aren't going to Barretts because, geez, it just rubs rub some salt in there. <laughs> just rub it in. What uh, you missed out on? All uh, for Bath. We've, all for Bath. We've, uh, we've got six now, guys. Uh, Sri Lanka, 279 for six. They've been going along a decent clip, four runs and over for the day. Who uh, got that? I'm not sure. Uh, Tickner didn't. Tickner's still bowling. He's uh, he hasn't got any today. Uh, he's 0 for 77. Um, these Indians have got their first one. Ashwin has uh, he's got head out. So Australia going along still pretty nicely. 67 for one. Uh, and Kawaja there on 22. How impressive is Tickner's mullet and stash combination? It's a very nice combination. Yeah. It's very old school, very classic. <laughs> very classic. The uh, the mullet's very well maintained too. Just bought a sharp bouncer, uh, Tickner. Mm. Jesus, a good, that is a good ball.
What about the Sri Lankan shirts? Very for a white for a Test match kit, they've got some very fluoro action going on. They do the sponsors. The fair play sports. Yeah. Fair play. Yeah. Fair play to them. Fair, <laughs> fair play to them. Excuse the pun. Stay with us here on the run home. We're going to talk cricket next. We've got Rod Latham coming on the program as well. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, two ticks here. We're going back to the bacon and egg pie chat because some people just can't believe Jacob. Uh, no frozen vegetables in a pie. That's a dog act. That one's from John. We got a dog act, I reckon. I don't mind, I don't mind a wee pea in a pie. Are we, a pea in a pie? A pea in a pie is not too bad. Richard says a beanie pie cannot be such if you add anything else. Jacob, it's called a quiche if you do. Some of you it's watch cool. far too much food TV. He's got a point. <laughs> to be if fair, you're adding all this other crap to it, it's not a bacon and egg pie. Yeah, to be fair, I probably do watch a fair, too, uh, fair bit too much uh, cooking TV. Do you? Where does one watch that? Yeah. Is that what not, 18 year olds are watching nah, these not, days? I'm not talking about so MasterChef or anything. Is that what you're saying? Um, you're the only is person that I know. Single. No, actually, I'm training not to be single by watching all this stuff because I'm going to be no. Jack, have um, you got ten years? Yeah, no. Um, no, but I uh, it is a frequenter of uh, my my daily habits of watching a cooking video here and there. I uh, just like learning. Mm. The more you, could, you know. You could just you could just ring me up for half an hour and just get. I get a bit of an education I, I on I try life. to ring you every day. You never pick up. <laughs> That's true. You, you, I'm always busy. <laughs> uh, Back Jacob. to the cricket. Um, yes. Because just before we catch up with Rod, I wanted to talk to you about Tim Southey's record and his legacy in New Zealand cricket. Now captain, had his first uh, test victory as captain over England, which was an absolute beauty. Now he's second on the all-time wicket-taking list uh, behind the one and only Sir Richard Hadley. How will he finish up? Have we... We just got another one. We just got another one. Took nut. We said he didn't have one. He just got one. And uh, plum our B, I think, we've, we've got here. They're now 283 for seven. Uh, he's reviewing it. Uh, Rajiv... Is reviewing it, so we'll have a, we'll get it back to you on that one. But uh, Kirst, where would Salvi? Mm. Well, he's a great. Yeah, yeah, has to be considered a great. Obviously, different areas and all the rest of it. And, and Hadley will always sit out on top by himself. And and then you've probably got a group of your, your Bonds. Unfortunately, Bond Bonnie's career was wrecked by injury. And then then it's Bolton Salvi, isn't it? Um, that's and I mean you can't. The list have one. isn't very long. No, nah, well not at that level. Nah. And you can't have one without the other. Um, oh, I'm worried that might have been going down leg. Um, sorry to see the replays on the uh, review, but no, nah, he'd have to be. He'd have to sit there. He's up there. And you know longevity. For for a fast bowler and Jacob, you, your memory might be better than mine. I can't remember him being any great injuries. No, I don't think so. He's always there, isn't he? Yeah, he's, no. He's since always his, there. Since his debut in 2008, yeah, he's always always been um, been around the side. Is that and just luck of the draw or does he look after himself? I wonder what he does compared to these others that always have <laughs> What's issues. What's the secret? Back issues, shoulder issues, you know. 
And yeah. what about them? Well, I think in the early days, you probably wouldn't, wouldn't classify as you probably looked after himself. Um, but uh, there he's are on, a few stories. <laughs> not secretive. <laughs> he's um, he's you know probably a different man now as we all are. Uh, just that review has been. Um, is it upheld when someone gets? Is that what the word you'd use? Review retained. Yes, retained so, is the word. So the Sri Lankans were right in reviewing, and Tikna did go down the leg side. But yes, no, Salvi absolutely kissed. He would sit at the absolute top table when it comes to New Zealand bowlers. Well, we're going to get Rod Latham on for a chat right after news and sport with Johnny Mac. Review uh, the first day of the first test between New Zealand and Sri Lanka. Well, we're so lucky to go live to Hagley Oval in Christchurch now with a former Black Caps all-rounder, Rod Latham. Rod, thank you so much for your time. What have you thought of the day one action so far between New Zealand and Sri Lanka? You've had a front row seat. Well, I kind of have, Kirst. Um, you know, I'm not there now, so I'm not quite live. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been an interesting day, really, uh, I probably would have done the same as, as uh, Tim did, but um, I just thought certainly that first session we probably bowled a little bit short um, and didn't adapt to the wicket like we should have. Um, but we've, we've plugged away um, and, you know, they're seven down now, so, uh, you know, not too far ahead of the game, really. I was going to say, Rod, who, who has... One today, as they say, after uh, obviously, as you say, we're at 290 odd now. We've uh, picked up some late wickets, so is pretty even, Stevens, you reckon? Yeah, I reckon it is, Beat. It's, it's um, you know, if we had another one before stumps, that would be nice. Um, but, you know, um, they haven't, I guess, the la- that middle session, middle to late middle session, um, we kind of kept them under control a little bit and, and them losing um, three wickets at one stage probably helped that situation. Um, but I, I did feel that we um, we bowled a little bit short and uh, didn't use the conditions that well at times. Talk to us about Tim Southey and his wicket-taking prowess. Three today already, of course, um, surpassing Dan Vittori as the second-highest wicket-taker of all time. Some achievement, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely outstanding. You know, like, um, he's been around for a while, so mm. uh, I guess the longer you stay there, the, the more chance you've got of, of knocking a few guys over. But um, he's been an outstanding servant for us, and... Um, you know, to play all three formats and, and play all three formats pretty well, um, then, you know, you've, you've got to give the guy some credit. And, and uh, you know, he's, he's... I guess the older he's getting, the, the better he's getting too. So, um, you know, even today, even today, yeah. you know, he's uh, he's only gone for two and a half and over. So, yeah, and particularly when they were, they were going for it a little bit. And, um, you know, so... He chips away and, and gets the wickets, and, and not very often he doesn't get too many wickets, that's for sure. Well, obviously, Sri Lanka a little bit out of sight, out of mind. For the Kiwi cricket fan, I guess it wasn't until uh, these stats started getting uh, talked out before the game that if they, if things were to go their way, they'd make the, the World Championship final for Test cricket. Are we 
I guess not quite realise what's uh, come to our shores as far as how good a quality the Sri Lankans are, are at the moment. Oh, look, I, I don't think the boys underestimate them. Um, you know, they, they're, uh, they've got some good players there. And, you know, I, I guess for Sri Lanka, they're the ones that got to make the play. And I, probably that's part of the reason why they sort of scored it four and over today. Yep. Um, they, got, they need to advance the game as much as they can. And uh, I know the, the pitch will, over time will flatten out and uh, it'll be a bit of a slog towards the end, I guess, as far as trying to get wickets unless it starts turning. I was going to say, could you imagine some? they'll need plenty of runs in this first innings because will she turn to be pretty flat day two, day three for the Kiwis when they get their chance to bat? Yeah, I think so, Beaver. You know, it's, it is traditionally greenish at the start and then if the sun comes out tomorrow, it hasn't been out much today, but it's, um, if it comes out tomorrow, then it will flatten out and that's why it's important that, you know, we get some early wickets tomorrow if we, if we don't... You know, obviously bowl them out tonight, but um, if we can get some early wickets tomorrow, then um, and and have the best part of the day on on the wicket, then I, I think you know we could potentially build a a, a lead, and uh, and then that puts the pressure on Sri Lanka to try and advance the game so that they've had, had a chance of winning. And mate, obviously after the English series and and the the first the first test when everyone was thinking, oh no, the the great run of the uh, Black Caps is sort of over. It must have been awesome watching that uh, that second test and and seeing them rebound. Oh, absolutely, you know, and and it, I guess everyone wrote them off, uh, and you know we we had to follow. Well, yeah, we had to follow on, and it just did show some character of the boys to. Um, Build that that lead, and and uh, yes, they they were still going for it, England, um, in that second innings. But we kept chipping wickets out, and the pressure was back on England. So the game, you know, ebbed and flowed quite a bit. But um, you know, just to hang in there, and you know, I have to admit that I thought when uh, Anderson hit that that four and that last yeah. over, that I thought that could be the game. But um, you know, they did bloody well, really, uh, to to hang in there and, and finally get that last wicket, which. Would have given the team a heap of confidence, mm. you know, coming into the game today. Very good. Well, Rod, it's absolutely fantastic to get you on the program. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Will you be there at Hagley for the next few days as well? Yeah, I'll be hanging around, I guess, and um, <laughs> looking forward to uh, New Zealand betting and, and hopefully building a, a big score. So, um, yeah, no, be cricket, 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 I guess. <laughs> well, enjoy the action over the weekend. Thank you so much for your time, Rod. We appreciate it. Thanks, Brilliant. Cheers, mate. Rod Latham joining us there from Christchurch, former New Zealand uh, all-rounder, of course, was at Hagley earlier today. Get it, guess it's getting close to dinner time now, though, isn't it, B? This one shouldn't have too much longer to go. Yeah, it's a beautiful Christchurch light, isn't it? It's, Sticks uh, around until about 10 o'clock. They've only got 70, through 74 overs, so I guess there's, uh, there's still technically a fair bit to go uh, this evening. But uh, for those who are following the Australian... Um, Indian series. Yes. Lalu Sharkney uh, has just got out and they're now 73 for two and uh, Ashwin continues uh, from the uh, eastern end of Calcutta actually. New Zealand or Sri Lanka I should say 299 for six. Isn't it nice being a cricket broadcaster? Jesus, I quite enjoy it. Oh do you? Yeah. Well, Ashwin look. coming in from the western end. 
Uh, I mean, call us home, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, we'll have people driving off the road and falling asleep here. Call uh, us home. um, You, You could just switch between the two. You know, when there's action on one side yes. and then we'll go to the next. You've got two tests here. Interesting that Bracewell's only bowled two overs all day. He's picked up a wicket. Mm. Um, I, I know we're surrounded by all these sports channels, but I was just wondering what was going on in this sports channel over there. It was, it was like a Love Island uh, episode here, but it's back to sport, talking talking soccer. But, uh, oh, is it soccer? Oh, the wags. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. They do. Oh, there's so much drama that goes on with the wags. They do Look carry at Wayne on. Rooney's wife and... Eileen. Yeah. You know, they went, and, took each um, other to court. Jamie Vardy's wife. Jamie Vardy's Rebecca. wife. That went on for some time. Yeah, I need to get to the bottom of what's going on with Tiger at the moment. I need to find out when my man's yeah. a good player. Just for anyone wondering, that's Jose Enrique on the um, screen there, Beavers, talking about uh, his former Liverpool left-back in Newcastle. Uh, left-back, I've got no idea. I can't lip-read what they're talking about, but, yeah, no. Interesting stuff. <laughs> Documentary uh, of some sport, some sort. <laughs> Absolutely fascinating. Thank you very much, Jacob. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, we'll be back on the run home. All thanks to McDelivery with Kirsten B. We're not too far away from 7 o'clock on Thursday, the 9th of March. Also, don't forget, if you're in Auckland and you want to meet the Phoenix player, players uh, or you want to catch up with Beav and Ricardo tomorrow at 4 or 6 p.m., they'll be live from the Spark commercial base store for Oppo's new flip phone launch. So get on down to the Spark commercial base store in central Auckland tomorrow if you're a football fan and you would like to meet the Phoenix. We've actually got tickets to give away for the game on Sunday at Eden Park as well. Send your name and the word Phoenix to 8833 on the Temper and Bib Post text line. It is as easy as that. For a double pass or go down to the Spark store tomorrow at Commercial Bay to pick up tickets to the Phoenix. Listening to the run home on SCNZ. We're not too far away from seven o'clock. Now, if you didn't listen to mornings, no, breakfast this morning with Israel Dag and Louis Herman Watt, they got talking about this All Blacks rest policy. It was Izzy's bomb squad. We've got the best of it on the tap for you so you can listen back. How do we feel about the six-week rotation policy for our All Blacks? I hate to keep harping on about it, but the Highlanders would have thought the tide is potentially turning with welcoming back of star players with Azza Smith, Frizzell and De Groot. Three players that will make an impact, but then they lose Fakatava, and this one really baffles me. Billy Harmon. Billy was on the India tour but hasn't played, and now he's been forced to take a week off when the Highlanders lose for trio. In fact, 
cannot afford any weeks off. An absolute debacle. This topic will be constantly debated because many want our best players to be playing and it's plain and simple. These players are what draw the numbers to stadiums and to our TV screen. Mm, it's Israel Dag's bomb squad from this morning. Remember, you can go back and listen to every segment from every show on our ECNZ app or wherever you get your podcast from. I mean, we're harping on about it, right, Beef? Yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty accurate. Highlanders can't afford to rest anyone. Highlanders. I didn't realise they can't because also if the Landers, I think they've got um, Fedora and Moana also in this first five-week block. And ideally, if you had to rest four players, you'd have the confidence in your squad to go, right, we're going to all suck them out of Save them a wine again. But they don't know they're going to win them. They don't know they're going to win that. Oh, so they've hedged, they've hedged their bets because last week... Do they go to Samoa for... Or do they go to Samoa or Samoa, Fiji? I think. They go to one of those two yeah. countries for those games as well, which isn't an easy road game. No, so they hedged their bets. Last week, They, I guess they raised a few eyebrows taking De Groot and uh, Frizzell out of the Crusaders game. Why wouldn't, oh, once they worked out that they weren't going to win that one... Geez, you'd have been tempted to pull them all out, wouldn't you? And then just get it over and done with and then keep them keep your powder dry for moving forward. Obviously they like the look of the Chiefs game, but taking taking Harmon and Fakatava out of that one. Because Fakatava and Smith, wonderful two punch combination. So you know how you said that you didn't think Damian McKenzie would get rested or you weren't sure it would be interesting because he wasn't with the All Blacks at the end of year. Falaf Akhtava wasn't either. Why is he part of this rest protocol? He's already had enough rest, hasn't he? Yeah, but he was an All Black during the year and he was a selected All Black. And he, he played was... how many? He didn't play. No, no. He played one, one, of, one, the Irish, yeah. one of the Irish. Off the bench. Off the bench. So, uh, the infamous Irish series. Uh, so it doesn't... It sounds like for... Majority of the players, for the for the very senior ones like Broder Italic and those guys who have played a lot of rugby, yep. they obviously need it, need the freshen up, the mental break, all of that. Yes. But for the bulk of the squad, it's it's nothing to do with actually taking a rest because so many of these guys don't need the rest. Oh, particularly when, um, particularly when you're trying to crack in. You're trying to cement your spot. Yeah, 100%. You're trying to get back in the team. Absolutely. No. It's going to continue uh, to baffle people. Especially, For the next four weeks. Especially well. if we get a few more Billy Harmon-type footballers emerge as resters. Yeah, I'm just wondering who they could potentially be. Like, next, are you going to rest a Tom Robinson or a bloke like that with a Kira Ioane up? Yes. Are going to start resting other people? It's going to be fascinating. And, I mean, it just devalues the competition a little mm. bit, doesn't it? It does. Australia don't do this with their players, do they? Oh, she's they can't. <laughs> Jeepers. Would they would they be on board with a buy round? Do you think? I think it's a great idea. If you've got this option to have yep. to rest players, it's a good idea. It's worth thinking about. Yeah, it totally makes sense to me, and it's a win win for both parties, isn't it? Mm. Well, all parties involved, even even Fiji. It could be more of a case of the fact that it's so many per, games per year. I'd say they've got enough scientists and things to work out that this is how many games we want our top players playing. Yeah. And this is how many they're going to be playing if we win the World Cup. So we're going to work backwards from there. Any other year, it doesn't matter, does it? No. Let the players play, but it's a World Cup Let year. them play.
Let them play. We keep saying, let them play. Uh, that is us done and dusted for another day. Hopefully you've enjoyed that show today. We've talked conspiracy theories. We caught up with Glenn Jackson. Uh, we talked to Liam Santamaria from ESPN on the Breakers and Kings. We caught up with Maddie Russell, the voice of Rugby League the on muscle. Fox League as well. Heard some great stories for us. Go and listen back to anything you may have missed today. And tomorrow, Bida and Ricardo will be live from the Spark Commercial Base Store with the entire Phoenix team. Go see them.